Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and the official name reveal of our new pastor streaming service. <laughs> My name is Michael Basinger. With me are Brad Polly. Wait, what? Hi. I don't know. Matt what Polly. I don't know what you're talking about. Together, we are the Inglorious Pastors. I'll explain. All right, but tonight we have special guest host in studio with us, friend of the podcast. Michael Moncton. Hey, hey. Longtime listener, first time caller. Has given us literally dozens of dollars over the he years. Is one oh of our, he is <laughs> one of our. What? He is, he is one of our, our Patreon my saints. My Patreon is fucking lit. <laughs> He's one of our Patreon saints. Mm-hmm. We should give you a Patreon saint. Name. Lower that pledge right now. You can log in oh, my account. Please don't. We need it. I've got saint, a saint, saint Michael of Carmel. Saint, uh, saint, I've got nothing saint, for until saint, tonight. The nothing. Patreon saint, saint of. Saint Marley. No. Oh. God, are you okay, trying to start fine. Uh, His Twitter bio says, explorer of foreign lands, lover of puppies, dealer of wit, and taster of fine wine and cheeses. Damn right. What, what's your favorite uh, wine and cheese? Oh, okay. So this is a loaded question. Um, I would have to say favorite wine. Um, right now, probably a Riesling, chilled. I like mm. a good Riesling. I'm not a big wine fan, but I like a Riesling. Oh, but has to like people who like white wine are just savages that that, <laughs> that, that, that like it warm. Okay, no, it needs to be chilled. It needs to be chilled for a good while. Yeah, but not super cold either, though. Oh, yeah, you lose some tart. of it. Yeah, I so get, you, you okay. should taste you, the fucking grape. How I'll, do you feel I'll defer about to you because you drink more wine than I do? <laughs> how do you feel? How, how do you yeah. feel about? Uh, uh, well, I think we all know how I feel you about know, that. We, you know what we need to do? Speaking of that. One of these weeks, no, one of these weeks, we just need to get absolutely shit house on Boone's Farm. <laughs> get some of those. That's fucking, not even possible. Uh, like, like, no, it's farm. definitely, it's definitely possible. It's an all day event. Can, what are what's Boone's? It's farm? that shitty ass cheap wine that like high school kids get dr- just drunk as hell on it. Like, can parties. we get some of those backpacking backpacker things and fill our the what? little bladder with and drink it? Either that, the or show? We need, either that, or we need to get blasted on Zemo. Oh my god, <laughs> have you ever had Arbor Mist? <laughs> Oh, I fucking love Arbor Mist. Like that was like, yeah, like those Bartles and James. Like early twenties, like Arbor Mist, like Saturday night. No, 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 no. Mama Wana. Oh, I yeah. What I've, the fuck I've is almost that? ordered Mama. Oh, have you? We need to order Mama Wana. It's Why like a spiced rum from uh, Dominican Republic. That's not Grandma's name. I'm all yeah. for that. It's practically it. Jamaican. Oh please. No, not really. It's not even close to the same country, actually. Hmm. You know nothing about my people. Nothing. Just stop. Nor the stop Caribbean it. geography, apparently. All right. Matt, man of the world. Am I muted, by the way? Hey, look, it only took you Matt be what, not. 10 no, minutes not to be racist. <laughs> no, it's a lot less than that. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't black think people you're on muted. Okay. Right. Do you want to try it out? No, it's it fine. Out? No, something's wrong with my whatever. Fucking Apple music. Nobody cares. All right. Uh, okay. So so back to the big announcement for our streaming service. So I've been workshopping this idea. I finally, I'm finally ready to reveal the name of our new streaming service. Uh, the, the board doesn't know about it yet. We don't there, have a streaming there, service. There Michael. haven't been any joint subcommittees, but, but I'm ready to tell you. Everyone has a streaming service, guys. Let me pitch it to you. Uh, there's Netflix. There's Hulu. Disney Plus. CBS All Access. Woof. Uh, Apple TV Plus. Woof? Wait, Woof. what the fuck is Woof? So it's a joke from The Office. I was <laughs> going to try and slide it in there so nobody would catch it. Uh, uh, Apple TV, uh, HBO Max, uh, and, and the Peacock launches yeah. this J- month. Get to the joke, Michael. What are you trying to do? So if those media companies can have streaming services, why can't we? 
because we don't have any money. But <laughs> it's it's a we can kickstart. People are only giving what? us a dollar a month. We for can kickstart this. Okay, so everyone, but everyone wants another streaming service. That's what Michael, everyone just wants. Do get to know? the point. And because that's what everyone wants, that's what we're going to call it: another streaming service, or ass for short. So <laughs> this podcast you... is officially powered by ass. So that was so fucking underwhelming. <laughs> what the hell was that shit, dude? What was like, the what, last like, like two hundred seventeen like, episodes? Two, two, got two I kind of like it. I will never get back. I kind of like it. Powered by ass, Michael the Leg Humper. Oh my gosh! You know what I love about that? I love that you. Spent, I had it with this guy. I, I love I'm that you spent time, probably in your car, driving for work, coming up with this, and giggled to yourself the entire yeah, time. Awesome. Yeah, powered by ass. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, God, we do have a, we do have a legitimate announcement. Oh, do we? Um, so this is uh, well, our Twitter giveaway for uh, a copy of Brian Stevenson's book, Just Mercy. Do you have a drum? Roll? <laughs> Jonathan Jonathan Force at the Whovian twenty four is our winner. May the at, force be with at you. Just force it in. <laughs> is that not really dropped the ball on that one? Did that not yeah, drop it. Is that not his well, Twitter account? No, it's the Whovian24. Oh, okay. Uh, in the next book... The only way you could have been more obvious is a, it would have been at just spit on it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast. Yeah, see ya. It's been a great week. They get said at least once a day at work. Fucking over. When we're trying to, trying to get some like a, a shaft so into gross. a bearing or something. I just spit on it. That is so, so, <laughs> so vulgar and disgusting. Look it up. My God. <laughs> God well, this is going to be a nightmare well, podcast. Oh, I, uh, I'm on my, uh, I apologize to Carrie immediately for I this. I feel like she's going to enjoy it after oh, our conversation. Man. I think she'll be all right. I think she'll enjoy so it. I'm so we, happy to be here. We are going to give away uh, Carrie Connolly's book. Uh, it's on... <laughs> She does not co-sign any of this part of the podcast. Uh. Um, but, uh, yeah, go to twitter.com slash pastors podcast. We'll have a pin tweet up there for the next week. Uh, all you have to do is follow us so we can DM you to get your address and then uh, retweet us. So, uh, and then that's, that's how we'll know that you're interested in the book. Yep. All right. It feels like it's been five years, but time to go to do this. Hubba, hubba, hubba. Hey, hey. What are you drinking? Hey, 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 I've been thinking that if we're gonna get through this, we're gonna need some fluid. So hey, hey, what are you drinking now? Okay. Wait, hold on. This is a classy How ass cocktail. holding that glass? Hold it again. Like that? <laughs> the pinky up? The pinky up, baby. Hey, don't mess with the gay man tea, is that why? No! <laughs> God. No, I do that all the time. This Thank you f- very much. I'm, I think I'm just going to go. I, I can't. I can't do this. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> I can be bougie. Don't worry. Okay. Um, We're having so, a fancy ass cocktail. Yeah, but man, we had a. It's a classic. We had a it's beer. A classic. Oh, we had a beer earlier. It was yes. really good. So the beer is from my niece, Ashley. She, um, she got some beer from the Terre Haute Brewing Company. Powered by Ashley. This is yeah, <laughs> this round is on, is on yeah, powered by this Ashley. round is powered by Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, uh, the, the beer is called uh, Citra. Citra. Good God, Citra Genesis. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I'm on my third drink, guys. <laughs> you can't read, guys. Uh, it's it's a hoppy wheat ale. There's a sweet. Uh, uh, it was nice. It was cheap. really good. Ashley's one for one. So yeah. if you want to, yes. if you want to pony up and send us some more, or we trust your judgment. Either yeah. send us more of this or send yeah, us something else. That's new. really yeah. good. It's we, got we trust your judgment officially. From Terre Haute of all places. Can we just look at that dinosaur? No, for a they can't look at the dinosaur. Right. So no, I took the dinosaur off, has I took a, a picture of the can. super soaker. Nobody. It's got a disc man, a ring pop. It's got some cool skates. Like all eighties <laughs> stuff, eighties yeah. and nineties. Yeah, super soaking. All right, it uh, looks like it something people from Saved by the Bell would yeah, drink. Yeah, it's good. And uh, we're having a sidecar cocktail. Yeah. I thought it sounded good, so it's just brandy uh, or cognac. It's pretty it's much the same. Really, thing. really fucking good. Or yeah, and uh, lemon delicious. juice and uh, triple sec. That's it. And you had something else, Michael? What'd you have? So, uh, so I'm having the Pipe Works, uh, the, the GT. Ale with juniper berries, that's lime a, juice. That's a damn good beer, man. Chicona bark, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. Chicona bark? It's good, bark? though. It's smooth. It is. It's a good beer. You're I'm drinking not finished, a tree? I've not finished it. Mm. I'm a slow sipper. Indeed. Chug it. I have to drive home, guys. So. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do these other two guys that had stopped. Yeah, I'm, I'm but I'm like a mile. I have an it's hour fine. drive up to fucking Carmel. Ah, so. By the time you get to 465, you'll be sober. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You just, you just need to maintain for a half hour. True. <laughs> uh, just have like a loaf of bread. That's what I do. Oh, that's what Michael does. Yeah, you just eat it, it, it doesn't work, but the bread some, tastes good. I've got some <laughs> hot dog, I've got some <laughs> hot dog <laughs> buns you can cram if you want. I know about you and your love of hot dogs, Matt. It's, uh-huh. We discussed yeah. that. Yeah, it's gross. With ketchup, you freaking yeah. fucking And savage. mustard. And relish. Kind of relish is gross, too. I like Spicy pickles. I can do mustard, relish. I don't always. Devil spit pickles from Famous Dave's. Cut them up and put them on there. Pickles are not good at all. Just oh like, well, well, we're friendships you're, over. You're not gonna like fat. Oh, that's, that's that. what it took. Well, okay. good, good thing I, we didn't have fat. I knew it was gonna be something. Tonight, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Did you guys see that Joey Chestnut ate, ate a lot of hot dogs? Yeah. That's, I can't watch. It. I, can't eat it. I watched. It. I do not know what this. I is. watched history. The the hot dog eating contest every Fourth of July. July. I can't. I can't even watch it. It's revolting. What do you eat? Eighty uh, something. It was. So, okay. It was seventy something. Why yeah. do ten minutes? Do this to themselves. Why? Eighty something. It's fucking stupid. It's, it's I think incredible. It was like seventy five. It's incredible. No, it's disgusting. It's, it's it is disgusting, incredible. but it isn't. It but is like a, turds are incredible. That is not. <laughs> that is not wait, wait. <laughs> turds are incredible. Well, Backup noise. Make, dot wave. Point. That is not incredible. I love it's sausage. Disgusting. <laughs> Well, that's a new one. I love sausage. Yeah, I do love sausage. Uh-huh. <laughs> Same. We got some new soundboard. Uh, Dan Salina sent me. Uh, uh, thanks, Dan. We're uh, thanks, Dan. A few. Can a few we new soundboard? I special. love sausage. That's great, Michael. <laughs> I do love sausage. I love sausage. <laughs> Good grief! Make Hold it on, stop. wait. I got a new Michael, it's. I love sausage. 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 <laughs> sorry. God. No, you're not. You're not no, fucking you're, sorry. You're absolutely Stop apologizing. Not. You are absolutely not sorry God. at all. I got to sprinkle Dan Salinas. He sent me some. Anybody who wants to send me soundboard information or clips, do so. Don't. Okay, so here's my question. Please do. Because I'm doing this, do I get like this month free on my like, Patreon? Yeah, that's no. fine. Michael, it's, you're like, giving a dollar. No, like, okay, I've been paying you fuckers. I will give you a dollar you know, before you leave the stop. house. A dollar. fuckers for the past, like, what has it been? Three, How much? Three years. I'm not, no, I'm what, not what, why are you talking financial about? Liability well, we can you? look it up anyway. So I said, we can look it up. 
Uh, How much are you ponying up? I'll just give it to you when you leave. Why are you asking him that? All I can say, it slowly declined over the the past Yeah, you and everybody else. Hey, you can't go to 69 cents. And you wonder why why everybody wonders why we're not having a fifth When your sales drop, look at your product. No, the reason we're not having a fifth is because we spent 70 bucks on fucking fat bastard shit. Yeah, that's the reason. Yeah. It wasn't the $170 bottle of bourbon that we've got in there. <laughs> well, definitely. That, it was definitely the pickles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was pickles. Ew. All right. Um, what, what are we doing? I don't know. We're like yeah, 20 we minutes know. into this episode. We've done nothing yet. So can we? <laughs> okay. It's getting dark outside. Oh, no. Uh, is it? What are we doing? Oh. Do we have anything? Oh. What the fuck is going on? You do, don't you? <laughs> Then you have something? Oh, yeah. What do you got, buddy? Oh, yeah. Okay. So my what the fuck is going on. So, okay. Anti-maskers. What the fuck is going on with this? So Wait, what is this? Anti-maskers. People don't wear masks. It's it's this whole... Oh, God, So, okay. Indy, like Marion County in Indy is going to mandatory masks on Thursday, the 9th, right? So... And all these people like claim to be we just love America. We fucking love it. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's all this patriotic shit, but they don't want to wear a mask for twenty minutes in Target. Oh uh, my freedoms! To, yeah, to 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 protect the people uh, that I are find around. It hard them. to breathe. I don't understand. I have chronic this. asthma. I can breathe in one. You'll it, be it, fine. It takes you like. You can get them for free. Chronic it takes asthma. You nothing. Yeah, I wear the, I wear one for twelve hours like a day. Chronic asthma. It's fine. It, it, exactly. Is disrespectful to the people who have to wear them every day for their job. It's for for eight to twelve hours a day. It's such a slap in the face to them and to like it. it, it it's fucking stupid, dude. I, I was it. in a. I was working in a in a Starbucks today, and I was in there for about just shy of two hours, and on the door, plain as day, there's a sign: masks required when you come into this Starbucks. Okay, and. In that two hours I was there, probably six or seven people came in without masks. And the baristas, the baristas told them, asked them, do you have a mask? Because we, you need to have mm-hmm. a mask on if you're going to come in and order. And without fail, they were all boomers. Yep. And mm-hmm. they were belligerent assholes when they were asked to put a mask on. They either huffed out or they said something nasty to the barista about... It's I not their have fucking do, policy! I shouldn't have to do this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like... How hard is it? I stood there for almost two hours yeah. and wore one to work. Mm-hmm. The barista stood there for eight yep. wearing one. You're talking ten, five to ten mm-hmm. minutes to come in and get your drink order. And yeah, I, I, it's the, just the boot insane. truck. The boot truck came to work today, and that's exactly what it sounds like. It's a truck full of boots for work. I heard that you say that earlier. They buy. Like, what yes, the hell we, is he talking get, about? Work buys us boots once a year because oh. we're required to wear steel-toed boots or. It's anyway. like pretzel day at the office. <laughs> <laughs> Except with boots. But instead yeah. of a pretzel, you get steel-toed boots. Yeah. And like the requirements where you have to wear a mask, obviously, you know, two people in the truck at a time, you have to wear a mask, all that. Fine. No problem. My mask had slipped down off my nose, and the guy was in the back. He's like, hey, man, can you put that over your nose? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I didn't even know it slipped down. Put it up there. I didn't throw a goddamn fit. You know why? Because I'm a fucking adult. It is. We, we and I care in, about the people that live, are standing. We next live to in me. a nation of children. Yes, I mean, really, like yeah. we're just children. Like yeah. mm-hmm. it, everything is like there's no common, like common good rights without responsibilities. Yeah. Just adolescence. It is. Do you guys hear yeah. about that new Canadian YouTube uh, channel? That's uh, no. Talk Michael, about trucks. I didn't. No. Only you. It's hear called about that. a boot trucks. 
Oh, just oh, just, oh. God damn it, Michael. So okay, however much I've been. No, Joel, no, 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 no. I need to tell don't, you, lowering down to the don't one dollar that shit, Michael. I, I need to tell you, you've got to stop responding to him or on everything, I or we will never get out not, of here tonight. I can't not. It do is it. already eight forty-two. Fucking ridiculous. And you are responding to everything no, he's saying. Don't, don't high five him. Oh, don't do it. God. Oh, okay. Anyway, oh. yeah, yeah. Just wear a mask. All it's right. not hard. This Quit being concludes. an asshole. And fuck Kanye West. Oh, God. He's not even filed, he's not even filed paperwork anywhere. Because it's all a publicity it's that, and he's, he's He's bipolar, and he <laughs> apparently we, didn't take his goddamn meds or something. Should we just, skip Poetry Corner? Yeah, just skip okay, it this okay. week. Uh, okay, let's see. No, fuck you. I don't want to do it. Nope. They were after <laughs> wild in heart, and they ripped off Emerson. They put the come in coming. This is your masterpiece, by the way. <laughs> it is. They it really is. It's quite special. Yeah. Welcome to the Polly's Poetry Corner. Take it away, Polly. This is called Open Eyes. Never heard the bullet that killed my soul. It seems so easy not to believe in it. Better to sleep in on Sundays. His arms were open to me, but I chose to ignore him. Searing hands, pungent smells, bound up inside myself at the gates of hell. Oh, you killed Jesus. As Satan carries my soul off with his empty lies, I now wish that I would have had open eyes. Dated April 7th, 1997. So you killed Jesus. When was it? 19 when? 97. So you basically oh, jerked off and then wrote that? I'm sure. Probably, yeah. Without a doubt. That's where most of my Jesus poems came from. I mean, it could have been about constipation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Um, are we going to do bright side? Sure, why not? Let's just let's just plow through this shit. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> You're listening to Look on the Bright Side, Mr. Brightside himself, Matt Polly. Hey, everybody! Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly right. Um, what do you got? Um, I had a good Fourth of July. It was good. It was good. Michael wasn't there, which is half a shame. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Michael. And Michael. that Michael um, wasn't there either. No, he wasn't. Um, we just had some people down, shot fireworks, ate some meat, Who drank was some my beer. Invite? What? And where was my invite? I, yeah. You got lost in the mail. Sorry. Hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I would have invited you. Yeah, I would have too. I actually you was didn't. wondering why so. you weren't there. It's, it was not at my house. How am I going to invite you to somebody else's house? He is your brother. Take ownership. I'm not taking any ownership over his ass, so... I claim nothing. <laughs> Why you gonna one? use? I'll that? have an alternate part. I'll have an alternate Fourth of July party when I live down the block next year, and I'll I'll invite you. Okay. Good, and I won't have one. I'm just gonna come to yours. So, um, <laughs> anyway, it was just it was just nice. It was nice and relaxing. Um, mainly because Michael wasn't there. No, no, either. That's of them. not e- no. I did not say that. Pick, I didn't. No, pickle me. I love sausage. <laughs> I do love sausage. <laughs> Um, I love pork too. There, gonna, somebody sound bite that. He's gonna ride that all night long. <laughs> <laughs> That's three inches of wonderful. Oh my gosh! And I like I like fish. There, are we, are we just gonna do this because I can just do this all night if you want. Um, big fan of tuna. 
All right, keep just. I, it was just. It was nice. It was a nice little weekend. Great. I enjoy. I worked half a day that day and made triple time. And nobody it was, cares what you made. I I do. Well, I fucking do. Does, hey, nobody you knew pay for those goddamn fireworks? I did when I went to work. So nobody cares. <laughs> anyway, two bucks a pack or whatever. No, it was the big pack. It was the sixty nine dollar pack. Okay. The America pack. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was, it was the America pack. Anyway, I, it was just a fun weekend. So there. Uh, I just are we're moving soon. Yeah. House, everything's progressing like it should, which is good. All the appraisals and whatnot. How's the packing going? Uh, it's fine. I mean, that's we're, such a pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah really would have been better had it not been a hundred thousand oh degrees. Oh my god! Last it's week. gonna be like ninety five degrees. Yeah, it is. So. Get that pool already. We got it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. going naked. No, no, you're not. Yep. You won't be in my pool. I'll shave first. So no, you can hop your shave fence. or not. Still uh, not. Okay. I want a video of Matt hopping your fence, <laughs> getting in the pool naked. I'll be putting up security cameras mainly because of you. So. <laughs> um, a good investment. Yeah, <laughs> I probably, think so. It's probably fair. Yeah, and I will call the fucking cops. Honeywell is my for brother. That. Just, I'll give you. I'll give you Crossley's number. You can call me. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, so anyway, that's, that's going well. And so we have one more appraisal to do, which is tomorrow. Okay. Your house or their house? The, or the new house, house we're the going house. to be moving into okay. is getting appraised. Ours went fine with our house we're selling. So cool. Yep. Um, I cut my grass for the first time in three weeks. <laughs> I was on vacation. So I missed like two normal yeah, it days. It hasn't rained in a month. So. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah, fine. I, I was expecting like it to a week be and a half much worse, yeah. but it was fine. So good. I don't. I mean, that's it, Michael. What do you got? So I went camping the past. Yes, you did. <laughs> wow. Holy shit! Yeah. Well, you did something I don't like. Yeah. Do, so. <laughs> so okay. So pretty much everyone who knows me knows that like that is not. Like, no, I hate it. No, <laughs> I hate it too, man. I, w- I would do. Is the guy next to you responsible for that? Yeah, I do okay. it for love. I mean, <laughs> I would do anything for love. So my boyfriend's like sitting like right that. next to me. Hey, boo. No, 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 I won't do that. Right. No, I won't. Oh God. Do so meatloaf twenty twenty. But it, it actually was really a really good time. It was really really fun. Eat um, it and vote for it. There was another Jamaican person there. Another, what? Yes. There were two of us. Where two or more are gathered, like literally. Where <laughs> two or more are The ghost <laughs> of Bob Marley shows where up. Where two or more are gathered, Haile Selassie is there. <laughs> okay. Are we, are we doing this now? Are we doing this wow. right now? This is happening Don't right worry. now. Okay. So. Don't worry. Good God. Go ahead, go ahead and mute him. It's, right, it's 8.49. So, uh, is every little thing okay, is going to be all right. Are, are, we, are we doing this now? <laughs> no, or like what? no, go ahead. Keep telling your story. Well, that was pretty much it. Um, it was just a really good time. Good, and, man. Uh, I'm glad. I learned that camping isn't terrible when you're with you know, you're, people. You're going to have to go with my wife now, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Do I? Yeah. She's going to she's gonna hound you God, until you go. I just... <laughs> I don't mind sitting I, out for like by a fire and yeah. eating the sleeping outside. No, okay, no. so the point is that I have to go with someone <laughs> who knows how to put up the fucking tent because oh I, Beth can put up a because tent. I did not like pass like amen the, whatever, brother the, the fucking evangelical <laughs> yeah. boy who's Scouts with is. me huh huh <laughs> <laughs> who could put up a tent am I right oh god are you saying that's you Matt can you put up a tent is that you I can put up a tent mm-hmm. put up your tent pretty small one right mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> 
That's three <laughs> inches of wonderful. <laughs> Flat, placid, placid tent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy I'm here yet again. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> so okay, I, I do want I do I want to pause a moment and say this is a good moment. Like I've loved these guys for a long time. Like I moved to Indiana. What was it? 2018. Yeah, something. Have you been um, here that long? Yeah, it feels like it's, it feels like it's been. Well, you um, came up like the you literally joined the pub and then drove up and we all had dinner. Yeah, yeah, well, like that, that week. Yeah, that was that was a year before that. That was what bonkers. That was, that was, was like, amazing. Yeah. Well, like so I was at a place in life where I didn't have like I just came out of the closet. I didn't have any community. I lost most mm-hmm. of it, and I found you guys through a, a old coworker of mine and. Um, who clearly really, doesn't have any taste. <laughs> Thanks, old quote. Uh, she doesn't really know who you really are. Yeah. Um, but like, I, just, I found. <laughs> yeah, like um, you slept that in. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I found I found you guys and just like listening to the podcast and know you guys. And I drove up and we met at Upland, mm-hmm. and that was a really good time. And just yes. getting to know you guys, it was. And the support and like just just the the community that the pub and this podcast has given me. Like, it's really been amazing. Yeah. So as much as I give you guys shit, what you deserve. Yes. Every every bit of it. Um, because they're awesome. And oh, I've I mean I've told Beth this. You're literally one of my favorite people. Yeah, and that's why we give each other shit so much. Exactly. We just, yeah, you're like my brother, and I just, yeah, I, I, I only yeah. ridicule people I love. Sure. So that's exactly how it goes. Same. So yeah, yeah. So now enough praise for you guys. Back <laughs> to the shit. Now back to yeah. the shit throwing. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. I was, I was trying to do the, uh, the playing you off song, but I, for some reason I can't find it. <laughs> yeah. Just try it. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's just awful. He's being so nice. He's like, yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck Play him off. He's fuck being you. like, hey, you guys are great. And Michael's like, yeah, fuck you. Go fuck yourself. That was actually Matt who played the song. I didn't. Even, I still haven't. No, found no, it. you have control over that. No, no, he actually played it. I don't yeah, have. I, I couldn't. It. I never found it. Because he couldn't find it. One of us around this table likes you. That's it's fine. me. I wait, I love you. Mm-hmm. Can we just talk about that? No, no, we can't. Eight fifty-two. Can we please? For God's sake, we have a lot of stuff. Oh, to what do. are we doing? I don't uh, know. We don't know. Uh, music time, music time. We're going to play some music songs. Yeah. Bunch of white guys and a black guy playing music. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> even better this week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll be. I'm not playing all three of these, better. so pick one. Um, I. So, okay. I've really been into um, this new artist um, that I found. Her name is Leanne LaHavis. Okay. Uh, the artist is called. The, the album is called "Can't Fight." It was produced this year, and the song is "Can't Fight." And I just I like this album because it's only three songs. So it was short, but it's it's this cool like summery, sultry feel. It's kind of like you know, you know, Lewis meets Lauren Hill meets Josh okay. Stone. Kind of like this cool like summer bop. I like it a lot. It's just the, the lyrics are deep. Her voice is fucking amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's some awesome shit. Right. I forgot about Josh Stone. Here's yeah, this. where's she been? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. It seems that I won't be warned. Ooh, yeah, good voice. And certainly I saw a sign. A little love, a little bit. 
Good voice. Awesome. Great yeah. voice. Yeah, I like Real that. Real good, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm adding that to a playlist right now. <laughs> Sweet. Brad, what do you got? Uh, the, it's not the guy, not a band. The guy, Naeem. Yeah. The album is Startisha. Oh, yeah. I played this like, the week you were gone. Oh, God damn No, go man. ahead. It's fine. No, no, no. no it's fine. <laughs> man. It's a great album. This is a great album. Never mind. No, go ahead and play it. All right. The song is called Simulation. I don't think I played this one, so you're good. It's a really cool album. It is. Like, a it's, cool a, album. it's really, like, no song is indicative of the entire album. This one has Swamp Dog and Justin Vernon on it. Yeah. This is kind of the top of my list, man, for albums like this year. It's. Nothing is real. We in the hills, on for on wheels. You in your fields. We in the building. We in here building. We stack your ass up like Legos. All of my niggas is Meglo. I'm pumping that petrol. And business is booming like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing is real, we in the hills, on foot on wheels, you in your fields, we in the building, we in here building, we stack your ass up like Legos, all of my niggas is Meglo, a pump in that petrol, and business is booming like Tesco, yeah, yeah, it's that's a great a album. Shit. I like that. Yeah, yeah it's a really <laughs> good And album. all of the songs are different. Like, yeah, that's one thing. There's I an like eclecticness it. to mm-hmm. it, yeah. Yep. What you got? Uh, this is Rick Wilson. The album is, uh, it's an EP, They Call Me Disco. It's back to my raps roots, so yeah. your roots. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely <laughs> what your the fuck. My roots from about four years ago. This is the uh, opening track, "Breaking Rules." Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. What up, Terrence? Mine it on with my tank, lemonade in my drink. I don't follow no lanes, I don't care what you think mm. Hot flamers with cheese, shades all in my frame I ain't dropping no names, swag showing my rank What you want, what you need, what you know Who the real, who the fake, who the hoe Find a ruckus wherever I go Dodgeball, out of shit, life throw uh. Slapping hoes with my left, fight for rights with my right Chains came like dolomite, I done got nothing to all the hype just a fun EP, man. It's like 17 minutes long. I like that. It's fun. Yeah. Michael, let's see your second song. Um. Okay. What do you want? What's your other one? I got it. I've got. I've got his stuff right here. Um. So I'm really also. So my boyfriend told me about this Billy Porter and the Shapeshifter song okay. uh, called "Finally Ready." It's just really. It's like a cool like 60s. Song finally ready. No, Billy and Porter did music. Billy, oh, are you kidding? What? I don't know how Billy I didn't Porter know that. is amazing. I don't have I, this. I really song. only know him from uh, the red carpet. That's all. Well, you all need I know. to do some like Billy Porter. He he is talented. He is like a really great ally for the black community for the gay community. Um, like the the show Pose, amazing. You need to watch Pose. If you've not watched it. What channel is that on? You know? I think it's on what? It's on like HP, Hulu or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, Netflix. Netflix. Nep- F- FX. FX. Sorry. FX. Um, What's the song called? Uh, it's called um, Finally Ready. What are you doing? I'm not doing anything. It's not plugged into the. That's not me, buddy. Oh, Are he's you? playing it on. Oh, I can. <laughs> oh, play, yeah, you play it. You play it. I don't have it. Oh, you don't. I thought you had it. I have. I didn't have that song. That's oh. not the song he sent me. 
called, Michael? Uh, it's called Finally Ready. Oh, it is a song you sent me. <laughs> Sorry. I got it. I got it. I got it. I don't. I don't have that song. Do you have it, Michael? I do have it. Okay. Yeah, I don't have that one for some reason. Oh, it's my iPhone that's going off. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> son of a bitch, man. So I played it on on my thing, but for whatever reason, my it's going off on my phone. God, this is it. a professional podcast. This is a really professional podcast. Here we go. Let, let me let me start that all over again. Sorry. God damn it. So professional. I'm so ready. Good. I had no yeah, idea. I like that. I'm serious. The man is amazing. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, really I'm going to do one more because this is our friends of ours. Friends of the podcast. No, I got that one. Oh, that you got that? Fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. So do good, you want to do, let's do your last one. The third one you had. Okay. What the uh, fuck is this? You well, were going to, you were going to not do his. So I want to do all his. Okay. We'll do all his. All right. I got it. So this last one is, so I love Matt Carney. Like yeah, he is I remember Matt Carney. Oh my gosh. So I listened to his music for years mm-hmm. and this is an all I think it was like 2011. Yeah. But sooner or later is like one of the anthems that I have had for my life for so long and this song just slaps. So I mean it's, it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what? what? Fair enough. At the same time, yeah, well, that was we weird. both played it at the exact same time. And I was trying oh to turn gosh. it down, and uh, I couldn't. Dude, how the hell did that happen? That is so fucking at the weird. Same time, because I didn't hear any any echo in no, that. No, uh, uh-uh. that's insane. You and I are one, buddy. Yeah, oh, that is absolutely. I was like, I was over here like trying to. Is over. Like, let's. Yeah. Oh, man, man I, that first Matt Carney album, I remember that oh. album. I played is he that so in or has he gotten smarter? So, so okay, <laughs> I, I went to his concert in Bloomington earlier this year. <laughs> That's a legitimate question. And he talked about that, and he talked about the fact that like he 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 wasn't he, his music is still influenced by it, but it doesn't have to be that way. It can, can kind of like cross over genres. I respect him so much just because yeah. music can can be a lot of different yeah. things. So good. All right, so this last one is uh, from Friends of the Podcast. They met through the podcast. I want to play uh, at least through the second verse because I think, uh, because I want to hear. So these two guys, uh, Stephen Dunn and King Meek, um, met each other through the the podcast. um, And then they 
Both one guy lives really in really great musicians. Yeah, in their own super right. talented. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Stephen lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, uh, Shamik lives in LA. in LA. Is he, is it in LA that he lives? Yeah, in? right. California. I right think now, so. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I think it's LA. So, yeah. Uh, but West Coast. Uh, yeah, so this is this is their song. Um, God, it's so good. Yeah, I I, I literally had it on repeat. And I, I did probably too. Listened to I it probably twenty five to thirty times. Yeah, yep. I did too. I went the other day. I went somewhere and I just had it on repeat. And it was so good that I didn't even realize that I was listening to yeah. it over and over. Like it didn't even click. Remember we talked it. about prophets last week? Yeah. Yep. The prophetic voices. This yep. is a fucking prophetic song. Yeah, I think that was during the Brandon Andrus uh, week debacle. But, yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> the song's called Hell If I Know. Yeah, Hell If I Know, Stephen Dunn, King Me. Greater tanks in the capital, refugees in camps. American flags on Sunday, and taking place of the crucifix. Singing Jesus loves all the little children. Just not if you're legal Your grace only for us Pharisees Praying with our hands raised to the steeple I love that guitar riff so much I told him his guitar tone makes me wet yeah. Like it is fantastic on something and I knew I it was going to be good but when I heard it I was like this I, shit needs to be on the radio I, that shit is like, fire it, I've had it's so good goosebumps yes. like, I have goosebumps I, I right, right yeah. now I, do too. I had it the first time I listened to it I listened to it right now it, like listen to that on in your car it like the car is where it sounds yes. really oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a yeah. meditative experience for oh that my song. god so good yeah so good so go those are two am I muted uh, I didn't I was I had the wrong oh Sorry. Those are two stupidly talented guys. Yeah. I mean, just they it, could put out a whole album of that kind of stuff at any time, and I would be really happy. Yeah. Yep. So, so uh, really also cool. listen to their individual stuff. Go to Apple Music, Spotify, or if you listen to King Meek or Stephen Dunn. Yeah, they both their their solo stuff is just ridiculously yeah. good as well. Yep. So listen to but that. That, but that. That collab is God. It's so good. Yep. I'm not sure if I'll be able to pick an album of the year. I may just go with oh, Song of the man, Year. Seriously. Yep. <laughs> so good. Share it with all your friends. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That's awesome. All right, uh, Gary Busey. Okay, whoa, 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 hang on. What? Before we move on from the music segment, oh, I need no. to shit on Bob Marley for a second. <laughs> no. I just, yes, yes, you, you don't, don't need okay, to do stop, this. Stop, stop. Yes, I did. Bob Marley yes, I is did. great. No, he's not. Oh, no, he's God. not. I'm an actual Jamaican here sitting amongst you. My opinion should matter. You're the only Jamaican that doesn't like Bob Marley. 
Well, that's no, that's not true. true. <laughs> that is not true, actually. That's definitely not true. The other but... Jamaican at my camping trip also doesn't like him, too, so fuck you. So, I, 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 Why I, do you not like Bob Marley? So, oh, my God. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to mute Matt. Yeah, seriously. God damn it. Mute his ass. Just mute it. God. Okay, so. <laughs> Jesus. That's all I want to do this week. <laughs> Go ahead, do your Go thing. Ahead. Go ahead. Just, okay, so Ignore man. isn't this part of the what the fuck episode? I thought this was gonna be what the well, fuck. This whole app episode is what the this, fuck. This is also as important as that. So, okay, <laughs> Bob Marley sucks. I can't. Okay, I realize it's a personal preference, but my preference also matters and is terrible. So, I feel like I've had it validated by two another Jamaican person. I feel like most Jamaicans, it's kind of like that movie Cool Runnings. Most Jamaicans, <laughs> well, no, 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 I will not hear up. anything no. about Cool Runnings. No, no, no that talking. movie sucks. Are you going to take Cool Runnings Stop. from me? God damn it. Stop. No, that movie's shit. Cool, it's, like that movie yeah. appropriates Jamaicans. It does. Like, it's fucking no, terrible. Fuck, like, it's ridiculous. And, okay. I haven't seen it in ages, it's so crazy. you're probably so, right. Do you guys know the names of Bob Marley's kids? Ziggy. We're gonna talk about it because this is what's the matter ridiculous. with Ziggy. This, no, just hold on. Just this is ridiculous. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the names. He has okay. twelve kids. Oh my god! Jesus, twelve. I don't think I knew that. Uh, I'm, I'm here to preach. He brought twelve kids. Okay, let's uh, read them, shall we? All right. Did he name them all? Or? What? Well, somebody yes, did. They have names. No, I mean, did did you name your kids, Michael? I did, but like, god. What is wrong? Okay. just read the damn names. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> here we go. I I run out like after like three. <laughs> can, like, I, can I I'm, can I read the names? I've got them right here. Can I go please? Can I read the names? Yes. Thank you. It. All right. <laughs> so okay, Damian Marley. Right. Okay. Is these are these in chronological order? No, who cares? Like, Jesus Shut up. Christ. Fit- <laughs> okay. Jesus. Ziggy Marley. Mm-hmm. Kaimani Marley. All right. Julian Marley. Sidella Marley. Makita Janesta. I'm not sure why this is a different last name. I don't know, but whatever. Um, Rohan Marley, who was married to Lauren Hill for a hot minute back in the huh. 90s. Didn't know that. They're apparently not still together anymore, but there's a whole like thing I was researching. It's interesting. So check that out. So that's a cool I hate list. Bob Marley, but I know who his kids but were I married to. I love Lauren Hill. Just, I, she's, she's, miseducation is my jam. Anyway. Um, okay, so now we talked about all these names. Now let's keep going. All right. Uh, Stephen Marley. What's the matter with Stephen? You said that with such edge. Michael, shut up. Okay. (laughs) Robert. Robert Marley. Okay. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Bob Marley. Stephanie Marley. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sharon Marley. Wow, that's a weird one. (laughs) And then Karen Marley. Oh! Oh. How the fuck do you go from Kaimani Marley to Karen Marley? That is weird. And... Seriously. It's not a reason to hate the man. I, I just, I feel there, there should be congruency in how you. He name brought your another Karen into the world. Well, what would congruency <laughs> be for you, though? Like, like what the cool, fuck? Like other cool ass Jamaican names. If you're gonna be Jamaican, represent us with some class, okay? I just, I can't. So you're telling me Ziggy is class. I like Ziggy. Sharon Ziggy Marley. is pretty cool. Ziggy was on Big Brother. I, yeah, Ziggy. Oh, well, we he performed. You love. I'm pretty sure Ziggy. Brothers. Yeah, Ziggy's played at the Bluebird in Bloomington. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, been there a couple how, times. Like at the at the at the Marley family so the reunion, Whalers. there's there's Kaimani. Oh, hey, hey, Sharon Marley, like really? <laughs> Sharon, Sharon Marley. and Karen are Sharon and Karen. Sharon twins. Marley does. <laughs> Sharon Marley does sound like a terrible name for a See, character okay, in a novel. I'm building my case. The next time, no, but that's no reason to hate him. Like I. 
Don't tell me what All what right. what the, Can, it's don't tell me how to feel. It, I'm telling a different Michael this week. Michael, it is nine ten. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Just, <laughs> next <God>. segment. <laughs> uh, do, do we doing? Well, he still wants to hate Bob Marley. Do no, we can done. move on. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm again. fine if you I'll, hate I'll, him. It's we fine. will have Bob Marley shit on enjoy, part two. The I next enjoy time. his music, and that's fine. Well, you don't. Yeah, that's Michael's fine. coming back for for a part. Two. I'll be back part in August. Deuce. So part two. All right, get ready. Part this. I'm going with this. <laughs> um, Gary, you see? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm floating on air. That's fantastic. I need some meditating. How you too? With Gary Busey. Nothing changes like changes because nothing changes but the changes. (laughs) Amen. So let it be. God, that's fucking nonsense. Dude, somebody posted something. Somebody posted a video of him in the pub this week playing guitar. I mean, fucking nonsense. Like, I mean, he literally just like word vomits. I said he's like a sentient playing guitar. Yeah, like, but before he played even before he played guitar, was a song about was it about birds or something (laughs) fucking weird? Like it was. There was nothing. There was no connection to anything that was happening in the video. Hero. Well. <laughs> He's something. Yeah. I'm not sure he was. Are you ranking Gary Busey's number one and Bob Marley's like 100? <laughs> Two very different people. But yeah, I mean, it was just. I said Gary he's Busey like a he's a sentient word salad. <laughs> I mean, that's all he is. <laughs> all right, what are we doing? All right, I guess let's go into the newsfeed. Lock up your fears, dry all your tears, refill your beers. We're headed into the newsfeed. Can we can we talk about my I need, cack? I need bourbon. Can we talk about my cack? My cat. My cack. Your cack? Is that what we're calling it these days? <laughs> That's three inches of wonderful. <laughs> little yeah. dick. Little dick. Little dick. She was happy with little dicky. <laughs> Wait, what did I little miss? Little dick. Little dick. She was happy with little dicky. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Oh we'll never get Roar on the podcast again, ever. He came ever. On. He came on after we did. Jerking off. And <laughs> I had sex. <laughs> I'm very excited right now. You know, now. I love the man so much. He is literally like a spiritual father to me, and we just rake him over the clothes oh, every week. Oh, so good. I love him. How you show uh, love? God. Anyway, so uh, we live in a cage. <clears throat> Residents hide as macaque gangs take over Thai City. <laughs> macaque? <laughs> Macaque. Macaque. You got to watch for the macaques. Officials in Lotbury plan to sterilize the animals that have turned. Nope. No, it isn't. uh, Because of the macaque gangs. Macaulay Calkin? (laughs) Calkin? Macaque. Macaque Calkin? Macaque Calkin? Look what you did, you little Little jerk. (laughs) Throwing shit. Uh, Residents in Lotbury? Lotbury? Look what you did, you little jerk. Uh, Thailand are hiding behind barricaded doors as rival monkey gang <laughs> fights create no-go zones what for humans. The, sh- the Jets and the... Sh- what is it? The West Side well, Story. whatever the monkey version of Jets that and is. Sharks? Yeah. Is that what it was? The ancient Thai city... I don't, Thai know, city, I don't know anything. The Jets ancient, and Sharks? 
The ancient Thai city has been overrun by right? a growing... Is that right? Jets and Sharks from okay, yeah. Story. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, West Side Story. Oh, gay guy that. Has been... Question about musicals. Has been... Yeah. <laughs> way to be that... The way okay. that you did are. Did you fucking know? Yeah, I... Well, then yeah. shut yeah. up! I knew too, and I'm <laughs> not you. gay. Why you could have asked me. Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. I hate... I hate... So much about the things that, that you, you guys hate. Me. To be. I get it. You give us uh, other reasons too. God, can I can I tell the goddamn story? No. God. <laughs> the, the ancient what a, what a fucking mess. Jeez, just a, it's just it's a, just a it's mess. It's just a fucking dumpster fire. It is every week, and it gets worse every week. Uh, the ancient Thai city has been overrun by a growing population of monkeys supercharged on junk food. As locals try Same. to placate the macaques with snacks. <laughs> That's a good way to placate a macaque. Eat some fucking Cheetos. The monkeys usually enjoy a steady supply of bananas from tourists who have dwindled amid the coronavirus pandemic. Pointing toward pointing to the overhead netting covering her terrace, Kuljira Smith. Tacha I honestly can't say okay. it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, we live in a cage, but the monkeys live outside. <laughs> Their excrement is everywhere. The smell is unbearable, the especially same. when it ra- <laughs> especially when it rains. Same. <laughs> the fearless primates' antics were largely tolerated as a major lure for the tourist hordes, who. Not whores, hordes. <laughs> Sorry, it's the alcohol who descended on the Tourist city whores. before the coronavirus outbreak to feed and snap selfies with the animals. But a government sterilization campaign is now being waged against the creatures after the epidemic provoked an unexpected change in their behavior. <laughs> like it's coronavirus, bitch! <laughs> it is lit. What, so, so, what kind of snacks are they eating? I, th- I, well, eating like I little debbies or what? I, it just says junk oh, food. So, I can eat a little oatmeal Debbie. cream pie. Fucking oatmeal cream pies or get the fuck out of this my story. Oh, I've never had them before. This you ever had an oatmeal cream pie? No. You eat the edges first. Well, well, bro. That's the, what I do. I'm, I just I'm not eat cream. Them, I just eat them pleasant. I just eat them whole. Like in one bite. Bite. <laughs> just in one bite. Just in one bite. Just your jaw. Oh, dude. If you're gonna, if you're gonna try first, I strangle it. First, I strangle it, then I swallow it whole. If you're gonna try one for the first time, you gotta go with the big ones, like at the gas stations so, for nine nine cents. Uh, how many oh Wendy's points is that? That's like forty five. Easily. Are you? Can I finish this goddamn story? Uh, is it about little? It's a very long story. <laughs> is it about oatmeal cream pies, the giant size? So no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> their growing numbers doubling in three years to six thousand macaques. What? That's a lot of macaques. An abandoned cinema is the macaques' headquarters. <laughs> it's like a legion of doom. Planet of the Apes shit, man. <laughs> Play Casablanca again, goddammit. Um, nearby, a shop owner displays stuffed tiger and crocodile toys to try to scare off the monkeys who reg- regularly snatch spray paint cans from his store. They're listening to that. They're probably watching Curious George. They're like tagging the fucking city. Their favorite the artist paint. is Jack Johnson. It's like the Banksy of macaques. Um, <laughs> so it says the more they... So There's no way I can spell macaques. Okay, so here, here's, here's your answer, Michael. 
Residents have taken it upon themselves to feed the macaques to prevent gang clashes. <laughs> but locals say the sugary diet of fizzy drinks, cereal, and sweets what? has fueled their sex lives. <laughs> the more they eat, the more energy they have, so they breed more. Same. <laughs> so that's what fuels mine. I mean... <laughs> So they're get literally a little randy after a couple cherry pepsis. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants a penis? So anyway, yeah, it's a bunch of fucking like sugared up macaques just banging each other and having fights. But I'm pouring up like yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have to pay for that subscription. <laughs> like that's on the premium. It's like the Thai version. It's like the Thai ver- the monkey version of like the movie Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> There's a macaque, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> What's? That? He's dead to me. Oh, oh my god. god. Oh, anyway, that's that's, that's what I've got. Oh, oh my god. It's all downhill from here. I, so I don't know how to top that. I'm not even going to try. Uh, product update. Uh, you can write, you can, uh, for 125 grand, you can write a balloon into the stratosphere. Oh. Starting in 2021. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't really how want much to do that. that. Uh, 125 grand. Dude, oh, watching that, that motherfucker <laughs> jump out of the, from Man. the stratosphere like years ago. I know. And almost dying. It's called a spaceship <laughs> Neptune. Man, they really dropped the ball there. Spaceship Uranus would have been better. Um, <laughs> You can. Uh, the company hopes that's to begin taking pa- pa- <laughs> spaceship premiums. Yeah, <laughs> premium. Uh, the company hopes. No, that's on the free site. Uh, <laughs> the company hopes to begin taking passengers in- passengers into space in the next three years. Uh, the ship, an enormous hydrogen-filled balloon with a small pressurized cabin hanging underneath, will carry research payloads, a pilot, and up to eight paying civilian passengers. Is that what we're calling it now? And a payload. Yeah. A research payload. Yeah. Uh, into the stratosphere at, uh, at a time. The 650-foot-tall balloon, that's a big goddamn balloon, uh, will lift off from a le- from leased facilities at NASA's Kennedy Space Center and gently rise to the stratosphere about 19 miles above Earth's surface, which is not technically outer space, but high enough you can see the curvature of the Earth and the darkness of space stretching out beyond. Um, is it crooked? <laughs> what? Is it flat, Michael? Is the curvature crooked? <sighs> It's flat, yeah. Uh, the entire entire journey will take about six hours. Uh, six the, hours? Mm-hmm. The balloon craft will rise at about 12 miles per hour, cruise the stratosphere for about two hours, and then make its slow descent. It will float in the direction of the day's winds and splash down into the Atlantic Ocean or the Gulf of Mexico. But then there's like a supervillain who comes in with like a n- giant needle and pops it, and he just goes all the way around the space. That's the best idea. I love this. I want to do it. So would you do it? No, no. Well, I have to apply not. for a fucking loan first to do. Well, that. I mean, if you had the money, I mean, if you had the money, if the money was not an option, would you do it? Well, no. Yeah, well, I mean, why not? I've, I've already been camping. You so would do well that. Do you would touch. I've already been camping. <laughs> you would. You would you I've already been camping. camping. Why not the stratosphere? <laughs> exactly. For the We're going way. to Mars. There's definitely no leap of logic there. As much as I hate heights, that would be really hard to turn down. You want to go to just the tip of space? I don't know, man. I've I've been a space freak my whole life. Like I I literally went to fucking space camp, Michael. Of course you did. I went to space camp. I went to space camp. That's cool. 
I didn't get Thank to go you, to, Joel. I didn't hold on. I didn't get to go to space camp. You did. The world yeah. From the motherfucking aliens. Thanks, right, Grandpa. Yeah. yeah. Floating around, everybody. <laughs> I went with our meth head cousin. Yeah. Yeah. That, anyway, yeah. I man, let's, I let's not he didn't that. quite make the program. I'd yeah. be hard. I'd be hard pressed <laughs> not to do that. <laughs> he got kicked off the ISS for meth. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, and then uh, I got space meth, brother. I've got a, I've got it's a good the real shit. I've got a good story. It's dehydrated like the ice cream. <laughs> dehydrated <laughs> meth crystal. <laughs> we got Neapolitan. No too. man, you just mix them with that space chili. <laughs> That's the shit right there. <laughs> <sighs> God, if the hashtag's not mix it with space chili, I'm leaving. Uh, okay, here's a good story. Uh, I hate to <laughs> ruin our good time with something good, but um, there's a 70-year-old man uh, who pushes a cart around a Chicago neighborhood, which on a hot summer day is pretty awful work, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's not, not great no, here, so I can't uh, imagine it's much better there. Ros- uh, Rosario. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Michael. Uh, Rosario Del Real uh, works harder than many folks half his age. He's 70 years old. Until this month, he had been working as a carpenter from home since an injury forced him to take a break from his profession. He's pushed a refrigerator cart through the streets uh, selling paletas, which is ice ice pops, basically. Mexican-style ice pops. Don Rosario, uh, as he's known, uh, was born in Mexico and wears his traditional vaquero suit, cowboy hat, pitted belt. Whenever he sells his frozen treats. Um, so over the holiday weekend, uh, for him, it was just another day at the office. He worked on the 4th, uh, but he uh, he went to a neighborhood, and they, uh, a family there was doing a barbecue, and they invited him to join them. Uh, and they decided to buy all of the paletas in his cart oh, so, he, awesome. so he could go home and rest. Uh, and then they also set up a... Um, GoFundMe for him. The goal was to raise ten thousand uh, dollars, but generous strangers uh, have contributed more than sixty-two thousand. Shit, that's awesome. For this, take a fucking wow. vacation. Yeah, man. I that's mean, it's killer. just. He said, "I don't like to sit at home doing nothing without a purpose." He told the Chicago Tribune, "But I don't have enough to ever be able to thank the family who have done this for me. It has made me so happy." Um, he first came to the United States in nineteen sixty-nine before finally becoming a citizen in nineteen seventy-nine. He says when he first came to the country, his family was so poor that his only wish was for them to be able to eat one full meal every day. After picking produce in California for a number of years, he worked on ranches and in factories in Texas and Oregon. Finally, he was able to settle in Chicago and buy a home where he and his wife raised their three children on the southeast side. He finally, paying, finally finished paying off his house in 2015. Uh, he says he plans to return to his home in, in, or his hometown of Mexico one day. Uh, when he gets to the first item on his agenda, is to finish, first item on his agenda is to visit. The Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe to thank God for how so many strangers have been such a blessing to him in recent weeks. Uh, even though he can certainly relax and enjoy his retirement now, he says he will keep working because it brings him so much satisfaction. So, I can't get no man. He can. Okay, Michael, he can. So, kudos to Don Rosario. Don Rosario. There's okay. a really just a really sweet picture of him just smiling. With, you know, like, he's missing like his middle tooth and just... Just a sweet older guy. I so. love that. Yeah, right. great story. All right, Michael. You know how you said people need to wear masks. So mm-hmm. I, here's what I think you should do. Uh-oh. You should print off this article and give it to them whenever they're Wait, not Wait, do you have a story? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I came prepared. Okay. I, well, okay. I, 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 I just thought this. I'm drunk. Sorry. Um, <laughs> coronavirus patient suffers hours-long erection due to blood clots in his penis. Awesome. No. Well, no, I don't. I don't awesome. think so. No. I feel like awesome's not the word we want. No, if you can handle it for hours, then why not? I mean, sixty-two-year-old yeah. man, he can't. He, his Pretty sure I had some four-hour erections in high school, like at dances. Not fun. <laughs> Do you dances? think you'll be no. able to have one? Really hard to hide, especially when no one wanted to f- finish. Me. Yeah. Got to tuck those. Got to tuck those bitches no. into your waistband, man, yeah. and make sure it doesn't like in case your shirt flops up. It doesn't like. You have like a tip poking yeah, out. Yeah, right. I love sausage. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. All three inches. I wore silk boxers to my dances. Oh, oh, nice. oh that's yeah. Yeah. You're, You're just asking those for things, trouble. Those things don't hold anything No, in. no, they don't. Man, I, man, I went through a silk boxer. I box. did too. I went through a silk boxer phase too. And it was oh. like... God, just walk around just jizzing all over <laughs> the place. Why don't you? Like, I mean, those boy, things the, could make even three inches look huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's right. why I wore right, guys? them. They right. did. <laughs> <laughs> I was with Why do you think I wore them, Michael? Exactly. I thought you polished this pretty well. <laughs> can, anyway. I hang, can I hang a towel on this? <laughs> doctors, doctors had to use needles <laughs> to remove oh. the blood clots to relieve oh. the man's Ow. condition. That's, oh. no Dude, that's terrible. Nope. Yep. Nope. I had a vasectomy. I can assure you, a needle to the dong, not fun. <laughs> So that happened to me once. Right at the room. What, a vasectomy? You needle to a dog? When I was, Wait, so, a vasectomy? W- no. <laughs> Seems like a waste of money. I'm gay. Why? No. But, <laughs> <laughs> but So when I was like 14 and had discovered myself, my dad had to take me to the hospital because I had done it for way too long. <gasps> oh, you worked it like a pr- punch yeah, press. Sure yeah, sure Wow. Wow. Hope you jerk your this. way to the you hospital. Just sit at home. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Was, it was God. the proud moment. Yeah. Wait. Uh, like what? What did they tell you? What was? Hold on. How much did you? It was hours. It was out. Well, I, I was like, I was also like, didn't know what I was doing. Like you don't know how to edge when you're 14. Like you, 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 you don't know how to edge when you're 14. Well, we have our hats. You are edging for a very long time. Well, there's skills that you learn later, but but it's just like, mm. boy, I'm. Uh, you're welcome. Just yeah. to add that to the I, podcast. I. Uh, it's speechless, huh? Yeah. You're welcome. Welcome, fuckers. Wait, who was trying to edge when they're a teenager? I was like, no, just you get that. It's just what winds up happening, but it's just you're not done. I was, I was speed cranking, man. It was like just <laughs> quick as I as quick as possible. So if you do it quick, you can get to the next well, one. Well, I was going to say if I was doing it quick enough, maybe even Jesus wouldn't see me. Do it. <laughs> there it is. He's he's busy in Africa with the starving children. <laughs> right. Maybe I caught him while he was turning his head away, like looking at something else. <laughs> Brad's making a Jackson Pollock. Oh God. <laughs> Well, uh, what the wall does his door look like? <laughs> it's his cream face. All right. Um, what a shitty mess. Exactly. Is, what yeah. the craziest episode. It's been, been a while. I think oh the last God. one we had like this was Steve fucking Austin. You're and welcome. that's saying something. Yeah. So thank you for that, Michael. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. You're welcome. All right. Michael, do you have a story? 
Yeah, I did. What you got, buddy? I mean, so, so that wasn't one, your story that no. you had to go to the hospital. That, that, that was. I feel like that's a winner, man. I feel like that should be your story. That was a bonus. So. The boner. I'm, I'm again. I'm trying to reduce the amount I'm paying on Patreon for this shit. <laughs> like, I'm, fine. I'm trying it's to get fine. a discount. The name of his memoir is going to be "Jerking My Way to Triage." The Michael <laughs> <Moore> <laughs> <story>. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> I get money. Oh my god! <laughs> That is a nightmare for your father. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. My oh, God. I, God. I have a almost 14-year-old and a 12-year-old. That is a fucking nightmare. I'm hey, sure Dad, it was. I've got a problem. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So what did they say? Did they say anything about that? Did, was, was there a cure? Take, take a well, day off. <laughs> that was pretty much what the cure was. Yeah. Like it was just like, just touch stop it. cranking it. And just like, here's dude, some quit ice. edging like, and finish. That's what the triage like, doctor dude, says. You're, for, you're 14, not fucking Superman. use lotion. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, gives him, he gives him a bottle of Astroglide. <laughs> tells him to go home and finish. Jerking off. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> is, there a, is there a medical term for blue balls? <laughs> well, we we should Google that later. They were <laughs> chartreuse. Oh my gosh, <laughs> chartreuse balls. Jesus, take the wheel. All right, well, uh, let's do your news story. What, what uh, so, okay, this is a story where I, I, I found it, and it's just fucking cute. It's I, I want to be this kind of person who's just this happy. I'm not going to throw it. Charlie, Dan- Charlie okay. Daniels' death. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucking cute. So, okay, this is this, 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 this dude is living his best life. So, okay, here, here it is. So, man finds caterpillars in supermarket broccoli and raises them as his own. This, what? I saw this. Right? This, I this saw this awesome. story. So, what? okay. Yeah. yeah. Again, man finds caterpillars in supermarket broccoli and raises them as his own. Do you not want to be this kind of person? No. Like, I, well, I I'd rather, I, fight, I, I'd rather I mean, not fight like, caterpillars you know, for my broccoli. I'm, I'm fucking sick of, like, politics and I fucking coronavirus probably, and all this shit. I'd probably like, just I'll, cook the goddamn thing. Yeah, just just fuck. Mmm, protein. Mmm. <laughs> so, okay, here it is. So, most people would be bugged, haha, to find the caterpillar <laughs> rim shot. <laughs> but Good God. Yeah. Uh, to Wait, f- it has to be a BuzzFeed article. Am I muted? Oh, it's huffing the post. This is huffing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, basically, it. it's BuzzFeed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. Sorry. Most people would be bugged to find the caterpillar <laughs> in a supermarket broccoli. <laughs> but. But not Sam Darlston. Instead, the British media personality decided to raise it to maturity and six others he also found among the, bro- the broccoli shoots. Darlston, a host on Kiss FM UK and a vegetarian. Where news <laughs> comes first. God, is that like a British, is that like a British, is that like a British uh, Christian radio station? <laughs> it sounds like a Kiss FM UK. Um, no, that's just eye contact. <laughs> eye contact, eye contact FM. FM. <laughs> 
Awkward erection <laughs> FM. Yeah. Uh, discovered the first caterpillar back in June 11th when he began to prepare his favorite vegetable purchased from his local Tesco supermarket. Um, Darlson Sainsbury's was or get the fuck out. <laughs> Darlson was shocked at Tesco's first. just British Kroger. But that feeling <laughs> soon turned to joy when he realized he had a new pet to enjoy during lockdown in his London home. Yeah, it's, it means kind of cute, right? Um, I did. So, okay, he, he says in quotations, I did my research initially and discovered the exact type of caterpillar slash butterfly we were dealing with. Um, a cabbage white, which whatever the fuck that means. He told HuffPost. I then chose. Of course, to- it was a white one. <laughs> Fucking racist. Yeah. <laughs> I then chose to build a little home in my lounge with all the broccoli he wanted. <laughs> he gave his new companion the name of Cedric. <laughs> Cedric. Cedric the cat. So stupid. Um, okay. Somebody's been reading Harry Potter. I was saying that Voldemort came out and just fucking obliterated it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's fucking Wormtail that killed him. Oh yeah, he got no, killed no. by. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's fighting about Harry spare. Potter right no, now. He was definitely killed by. Kill the spare, is what he said. Oh, Wi Fi just kicked out. Yeah. Uh oh. No. Okay. Voldemort definitely. I'll bet killed you twelve hundred dollars right now. Twelve hundred dollars. Okay. All right. Let's well, find out. Two, okay. Two, so. Dollars. $1,200. In the movie, it's it's Wormtail. So Tesco refunded him the $1.37 oh, for the You're cost right. of the caterpillar-infested yeah. broccoli. Eat my ass. He, <laughs> he used it to purchase more Don't veggies and unexpectedly <laughs> got more caterpillars. <laughs> <laughs> Good God, do they not like <laughs> clean vegetables in the UK? Or? Probably not. Good um, They have horrible... Like, like, Cuisine over there. One of their teeth Pesticides are messed up. for the win. <laughs> yeah. One of their teeth are messed up. The broccoli I got as a replacement contained shit. five more, Darlston told HuffPost, and then a third broccoli belonging to my housemate had another one. So I wait, became. Wait, so they have. Wait, yeah. Third broccoli. Re- <laughs> So they I mean, up their bro, you need to go to a new Tesco. <laughs> so, so, so one became seven My caterpillars God. overnight. So yeah, so that's this whole story. I just think it's fun because I want to be the kind of person who like does this. That's fair. Like, like the just time like I had seventeen cats. Well, no, that's, before that's, you started throwing them against the girl. <laughs> that was after I threw them. That was a dog. It started with the dog. Right. It started with the dog. By the way, stay away from my dog. Stay right. That's a, you're right. You know, I I agree with you though. Yeah, right. Like, so, do, I wouldn't think to do that. I would not think to do no, that. No, I'd be like, oh, that's gross, and I would throw it outside. Or don't something. you want to be the kind of person drain. I mean, that takes joy in like stupid shit like this. Like, oh, like, let me raise this caterpillar. Like, let me, yeah. like, like, right. Like, you're not talking about coronavirus. You're not talking well, about. Well, we politics. have done that. You can buy like caterpillars and like a little butterfly net thing, and yeah, right. You have kids, and you we a, did that. Like, like. But be like a, like a person who doesn't have kids, right? That. But and who finds them in the broccoli, <laughs> like, not who buys a kit intentionally. I just want to have so much empathy and compassion and love in my heart that I would like give it freely to like the animal kingdom, and that's oh, yeah. just not me now. Oh, that's really nice. Hey, Michael, go ahead and ruin this. <laughs> what? What? Seven Day Jesus. Just more time. Oh, oh yeah, I heard. That. I haven't had that album. Uh, okay. 
Do I, I'm just gonna forgo my news feed. I think, All right, I, yeah, think, I, think we're, I think we're covered. Yeah, we're good. That's good. We're good. Holy crap! Um, it's nine thirty-seven. It is nine thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah, All that means is, is we're gonna we're robbing Peter to pay Paul because he's gonna <laughs> yeah. do a thousand of them next yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> it's really true. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like Michael when he had to go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. All backed up. <laughs> He's gonna go. He's gonna go home and reel these news stories to Sarah next week. She'll be like, "Oh my God, shut up!" Did you, did next you hear about the next Pop Tart flavor? <laughs> next week is gonna be the Astro Glide like Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. All right, God damn it, where are we, at? dude? If that's not a tag for our podcast, I don't know what is. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, Carrie, Carrie Connolly. Uh, God bless her. Um, <laughs> this is a great interview. This is a, She's fantastic. Great really interview. Good. As really much was. as this past hour has been a shit show, this is great. This is not the shit show. Uh, Carrie Connolly is a writer, a certified life coach, a author of no-nonsense blog, Jersey Girl Jesus, um, and the host of a podcast of the podcast, uh, White on White, which reimagines white identity apart from the pseudo-supremacy. Uh, she is currently pursuing an MDiv at Christian Theological Seminary, and I meant to mention that because that's in Indianapolis. Um, oh. And uh, she lives in New Jersey with her family. Uh, she's here today to talk about her her book good white racist question mark um confronting your role in racial justice uh and we are giving away a copy of her book on twitter so be yep. sure to uh, uh hit up twitter.com yep. you're gonna podcast. like this interview it's good yep one. great important timely shit we should be talking about yep. so uh without further ado here is our conversation with carrie Connolly. Carrie Connolly, are you there? I am here. <laughs> thank That's you. the first time somebody's matched your voice. Yes. <laughs> when you do that creepy yeah, thing. Yeah, it's 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 a thing that I do. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We're, Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really pumped to talk about this book. Uh, it's super, super, super timely. Um, uh, and can you tell a little bit uh, of our audience of, of, of who you are? Oh, um, well, if, since nobody can see me, I think it's important for me to say that I'm a, a white, middle-class, cisgendered, straight American woman. So that's a really good starting point um, to <laughs> understand who I am and and, uh, and who's talking. And I identify... Um, loosely as as a Jesus follower, I would prefer to say. Um, and I live in New Jersey, so cursing is kind of the mother tongue here. <laughs> yes, it is. It's like cursing and Springsteen lyrics. That's yeah. pretty much all you guys use, right? Yeah, Jersey. exactly. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, so the book is called Good White Racist. You open, open the book with, hi, I'm Carrie, and I'm a racist. Mm -hmm. um, can, you, can you unpack that? Well, yeah, you know, the, essentially what the, the book is a, is the culmination of my journey to understanding that racism is very similar to, and, and the idea of white pseudo supremacy is very similar to um, the construct or not the construct, but the reality of addiction and in that it's kind of an ongoing process that you're in recovery from, but you're never really fully at this point as a white person in America where you're just not racist anymore. You can choose to participate 
or to not participate in racist behavior and you can practice agency over racist thoughts. But unfortunately, um, we have, as white people, we've just kind of been embedded with a lot of racist ideology that whether we want it there or not, or whether we know it's there or not, it's, it's there. And, um, we have to, we have to do something about that. So what are, what would be some examples of that? Um, you know, I think one of the, the most pertinent ones, and, and this is all stuff that happens in, in that I notice happening in my head, right. When I, when I slow down and I'm willing to, to do some work and, and again, practice agency over it. But a really good example might be, um, as a white person gen in general, uh, you see a young black man wearing a hoodie and maybe some baggy pants. And then you're, you notice that you're surprised when you find out he's got a PhD, right? You know, that's not necessarily because you're an evil person, but that kind of stuff happens because we've been fed a narrative, a very, very specific, very constructed narrative through our media, maybe through our family systems, through news feeds, through all sorts of different places that um, basically in, in, uh, teach us that somehow blackness is inherently criminal. That's just one tiny example. Um, but those thoughts and those, those, those things Thoughts go through our heads so fast that we don't necessarily know that they're there. We don't recognize them and then we don't practice agency. But the play, the part where that gets really problematic, though, is not just in interpersonal interactions, although that's definitely a part of it. Um, and we can talk about how that played out in, for example, the Amy Cooper incident in mm -hmm. Central Park. But Amy, the Amy Cooper incident is a really good example of how you can marry that personal bias and that personal internalized um, racism or the or the racism between the interpersonal racism with the systemic racism, which is really the problem, right? Because you're always going to find an asshole somewhere, right? If you really, I mean, people can be assholes. It's just who we are. But the problem is when you marry that kind of particular, the particularity of racist assholery with, with power and with, with economic power, with the power of the justice, justice system, that's when things can get really, really dangerous, really deadly. And that's what the incident with Amy Cooper really kind of brought to light is here was this woman who probably in the moment, I'm not, and I'm not excusing her, but probably considers herself a, you know, perfectly nice person. But in that moment, she accessed white privilege and, and white power because she very specifically knew that it would be dangerous for her to call the police. It would be dangerous for the, for the gentleman that she was talking with for her to call the police. And because she was going to say that it was he, that he was a black man, she was very specifically going to say that. And she knew that she had the power of an entire system of justice that could at the very least give him a really bad day. That is where the danger comes in. And good people are going to want to practice agency over that so that they don't participate and benefit from those kinds of systemic racist stuff. Uh, you, t you talk about good white racists who uh, love MLK's uh, I Have a Dream. They call themselves mm -hmm. an ally until allyship uh, requires action. Share mm -hmm. memes of social justice. Uh, voted for Obama. Never used the N-word. Mm -hmm. Why are progressive white people sometimes the most problematic when it comes to race? Mm, because 
Yeah, <laughs> because we first of all, we include ourselves. In yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, me too, <laughs> me too. Um, you know, because we think we understand and and we can use our intellectualism um, to to uh, kind of break down what we think is the problem, and then at the same time turn around and say things like, well when we are confronted with our own racist behavior um, or thought, thought patterns or uh, speech, we'll be like, well, hey, you need to be nicer about that. You know, like a really, a really good um, example of how that plays out is, you know, if somebody is, is standing there, if I'm, if I'm standing here and I'm, I'm on fire, literally on fire, my skin is burning and uh, I start screaming about it and I start screaming fire, a lot of, you know, good white progressive people might stand around me and say, you know, you should really be more polite when you scream about fire. You know, because <laughs> That's a fantastic example. Not going to, you know, people aren't going to want to help you mm-hmm. if you just keep yelling at them, right? Or or talking about fire doesn't make it real, you know? Like these are these are all examples that that um that people are will use, especially progressives, will say, "Well, you know, you get you catch more bees with honey, or whatever that crap is." And <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> people are dying. You know, mm-hmm. people are yeah. literally dying and have been for generations. And that's the thing that that's the disconnect that I I kind of don't get. You know, um, yeah, I just don't get that. Uh, so, I mean, why? Why is it so, in your opinion, why are white people so uncomfortable talking about race? Because, you know, you, you, you started out with, hi, I'm Carrie and I'm a racist. Like automatically, like if you say that, there are a, a, a fair number of white people that will automatically sort of get defensive and go, nope, nope, I that's mean, not me. That's, that's not, not me. me. I, you know, I, I, I have a black friend. Right. Or it's not yeah. even just that, but it's like, I, I mean, they automatically, I mean, I, God, when all this stuff as all this stuff's been going on, I've had, well, I got unfriended by the guy eventually, but <laughs> like, that's what happened. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, he was just like, well, systemic racism isn't a thing. And I just, yeah. he was like, I just don't see it. And like, people were throwing like data at him and he was like, no, here's like a Charlie Kirk podcast. And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> like, no, that's not how this works. You can't tell me you're not a racist. And then you like, I go to your Facebook wall and it's like, You've only videos you've got are like the like the four black people that don't agree with the Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro, right? Like, <laughs> so come on, you know. But Candace Owens, right? Yes. And this guy, yeah. and this guy isn't like a you know he doesn't throw around the n word. He does, but it's like, dude, like, but you you try to say that systemic racism's a real thing, and and you benefit from it, and, and automatically a lot of people are just like, oh no, that's that's bullshit or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, so why? I mean, is it just, is that reaction just, is there some subconscious thing where white people realize what they have and they don't want to get rid of it? Oh, that's a good question. That's, that gets to the heart of it. So I think there's a number of things that are going on there and I just had to make a list so I didn't forget any of them. I probably will (laughs) still forget something, but, but I think there's a number of things. First of all, and I, I don't think it can be underestimated. There's, there's something very specific in the American psyche that says, you know, America is good. We are the good guys. Everything we've grown up on talks about how we are the, the global heroes, you know? And, um, so I think it's kind of even, even, as we've recently in our media, we've kind of moved into the um, 
this the waters of the not so more morally good hero it like in the sopranos and stuff like that mm-hmm. there's still this sense of honor right that that is in these um even the criminal heroes so there's this idea of american goodness and then there's this idea that um that from the civil rights movement one of the things that studies scholars have identified is that the more you create policy um that makes things like racism which are is an ideology uh is backed up by action if once you make that illegal it becomes more um implicit right it becomes more buried so it's still there and still powerful it's just harder to point to and and so th- what happened in the civil rights movement is we made it really clear that that racism is a really bad thing. And so good, nice white people don't want to be associated with racism. And so they start saying things like, well, I'm colorblind, right? And colorblindness is just another way to say, I don't want to talk about race, yeah. right? Yeah, yep. <laughs> so, it's automatically like a dog whistle to uh, go, oh, exactly. you're full of shit. Yeah. It's so annoying. Exactly, exactly. And so whiteness as a construct is designed to be in in totally invisible to white people because we don't experience it. So it's, it's the same idea as, you know, thinking that, um, hunger isn't a problem because you have food on your plate, right. Or the weather is beautiful everywhere because it's not raining where you are. You know, it's, um, it's kind of the same idea. And because we, we literally don't know, we do, we are not raised with an education in things like redlining and, you know, um, the way that, the Black Panthers did actual really good social work in their communities. We're not raised with that in our education. So we're not seeing any of the actual oppression because we're not supposed to, you know, but what you're, what you're pointing to underneath it all. And I think this is really at the, the baseline of it is, is fear. And that fear is fed by guilt Mm -hmm. because so often the, that that fear is, oh my gosh, if I actually, if we actually give um, black people true equality, what if they, or power, and actually where they actually have power over me, what if they do the same thing to that, us yeah. that we've done to them, <laughs> yeah, right? That's exactly which, right. Yep. Which in, in essence points to a knowing. As much as we like to practice, I call it practiced not knowing. We like to pretend we don't know, but we really do. <laughs> and so, and, and the, the fear is, oh shit, what if that guy actually gets the power? What's he going to do to me? So the question I have for you about that is, is this. Um, when you look back at the Constitution, when you look back at you know, just patriotism in general, is so much of you know, we are one country together, you know, we, we want to support people and, and, and care for people and let loose in our country, but there's a disparity of where do you think the disconnect is? Where do you think patriotism in the sense of helping out our fellow man stops mm. and this starts? Because as a black person, I've experienced this of, you know, all my white friends are so patriotic and just love this country, but when it comes to racism, it's like they can't accept it. And even when I talk to them about it and share them with data that it Mm -hmm. is real, it's actually a real thing. There's still this like a disconnect. Where do you think that that comes from? Uh, You know, again, it, it points back to the narratives that we have been fed over and over and over again from the very beginning. Right. And I think that it also comes from an inability and a refusal 
maybe, um, to be willing to hold paradox, right? Mm -hmm. To be able to look at our founding fathers and say, wow, they had some amazing ideas and they were also ridiculously big jerks, right? (laughs) That they could be both um, really aspirational and that they could come out with these these thoughts that were just so beautiful, right? But they really only meant it for landowning white men. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and so, there it is. Yeah. And so now how are we going to take those aspirational ideals that and ideas that they created and actually make them real for everyone, right? Like I believe, just even from a spiritual perspective, that they were they had access to something that like God really loves, right? But but they took it and they made it only they corrupted it right yeah. by making it only for for white landowning men and so you know we i think that disconnect comes from we never were willing to hold the paradox of for of humanity we were, were barely able to do that for each other right much less our founding founding fathers and so we're not willing to hold that paradox and say this is messy and we never really 100% got it right yeah yeah i mean i think it i i mean it's so baked into the DNA of this country that I think that I think the disconnect just be, it's we've been conditioned without even realizing we've been conditioned. I mean, yes. Thomas Jefferson writes all men are created equal while simultaneously owning hundreds of people like exactly. right. like what the right. fuck? I yep. mean, yeah. but what's crazy is like I in some fashion, I knew that growing up and never it never clicked with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, maybe that was a, a weird problem. Like, right. maybe right. there was a, a yeah. It, you know what I mean? And, and I would have, and throughout my entire life, have always would have said slavery is bad. Yes, of course. Yeah. Sure. But there was like, I was so conditioned that it never even occurred to me, like how ass backwards it was that he wrote <laughs> the Declaration of Independence yeah. while right. also owning hundreds yeah. of people. Well, th- that it, that's not taught in school. I like, know. You don't know exactly. about that. You yeah. don't, not yeah. at all. All no. you hear about is what a hero he was. Right. You don't know really what was going on. Right. Well, all he, of our founding fathers owned people. And it's like, yeah. my God. Like, and so, and you don't realize that, like I'm reading stamp from the beginning um, by uh, uh, Ibram Kendi. And he, go, I mean, it's like the mid 1600s. This shit was happening. Yes. Like as yeah. soon as we set foot, people set foot on the, in new England, mm-hmm. we were finding reasons to own people. Yeah, like this. Yeah. This this isn't just the founding fathers. This started yeah. from the very foundation of whatever America is. Yep. Yep. It yep. was the slaughter and enslavement of indigenous people, and it was bringing it was stealing people from their land in Africa and bringing them here to work in the in the fields. Yes, and I have to also say it was not just um, all of that. It was also raping them as well. So exactly. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my really, god. Really big part of it. Yes. And you said you said something. Um, earlier that is really important and you said you said it it wasn't taught in schools right yep and that is really important because we are teaching our children to think in binaries we have to either be good or bad Mm -hmm. and we're teaching our children to to not be able now i'm not i'm not a child psychologist or an education specialist you know I, i recognize that young minds might not have the capability to hold the delicacy of paradox, but but we could at least begin to start helping them understand that it's okay to wrestle with this stuff. It's okay yeah. to question mm-hmm. it, yep. right? Um, like I ta- I taught my kids question authority because numerous mm-hmm. times there the the authorities in their schools were 
you know, telling them they got a wrong answer when they didn't or whatever. And I'm like, no, you need to go stand up to that and question it. Mm -hmm. Do it respectfully, Mm -hmm. but question it, you know. And um, that's what we need to do more of. We need to be be um, raising kids who are not just meant to work on a factory line, but are actually taught to think critically and to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing that. Another thing that I think plays into all of this is the rabid sense of individualism that oh, Americans yes. have, too. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, we've lost this beautiful... Um, identity of community, right? Like this idea that I belong to a community and I therefore have a responsibility to the community and am therefore taken care of by the community. I think we've lost a little bit of that. And I think that plays into that a little bit too. It's a blind loyalty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. My, uh, we have a little buzz there, buddy. Yeah, a little buzz there. Um, my wife sent me a, a thing, I think last night or the night before there's a teacher at our high school. Now, Keep in mind, we live in a a Trump as Trumpian of a county as possible, um, and we have a pretty decent high school despite that. And there's a teacher who is doing a thing. She's calling uh, it's a project. She's calling the Right to Diversity, and what she's doing is asking people to give to this. And they're going to have students. She's going to have students read um, three books by African American authors. Mm, um, that's awesome. Yeah, and the only reason I'm saying is because I just want people to know that there are people out there that are in tra- really uh, less less than um, less than progressive settings. Yep. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That are that are trying that are really trying to do something. I told Beth and me, I was like, just give to it, give some money yes. to it, because mm-hmm. that that's incredibly important for students to. That's something I never had. Yeah. You know, when I went to school, I never had that. I never read black authors. I mean, I'm. Yeah. Literally, the first black authors I've probably read have been in the last month. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. and, and it's not—it's not intentional. It's just—it's just. Maybe it is. It may be. Not on your part. It's not on your part. It's that you were not exposed to them. Exactly. That's- yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so I just want people to know that there there are people out there trying to do uh, again educators, teachers that are just literally doing the Lord's work here yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. try, trying to educate their students in a, in a situation where a lot of them probably have Confederate flags hanging in their trucks. Mm. So that's, yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful yeah. because, because th- that exposure um, and, but see, this is, this is the other thing. Like I have a friend and I, I talk about him in the book. Um, his name is Jacquem and he is a, uh, a black Muslim man. And he will often, he'll often say like that his, He'll go on, he'll make friends with somebody there on Facebook and he goes onto their Facebook page and they've got all of this like anti-Muslim, anti-Black Lives Matter stuff. And when he talks to them, he's like, you know, you're talking about me. And they're like, oh, well, you're different, you know? And so like, there's this, there's this idea, you're not like the rest of them, right? There's this idea that the the people that we know who come from these communities or that we're reading, their their situation is unique or exceptional and they don't speak for everyone else. And so yeah. one of the things, another thing that I think is really important, especially in the education system, is that we need to be really proactive about recruiting um, black and black teachers and black administrators into yep, the school system. Be- mm-hmm. They were system- systematically removed after desegregation from, and then we created the narrative that black people don't appreciate uh, education to make us feel better. And now what that means is that our white children are completely uncomfortable when they are, because they're not raised with 
black authority figures. So then they grow up and they have to go report to a black boss and they're like, oh, my God, I'm going to freak out. Well, that, that you know, such... so. What? I lost so go ahead. <laughs> uh, that, that, it's, it's such a good point, because I, I, I really believe that sometimes the education that we have for students about black history and just about black people in America it almost sets them up to look at it from a racist standpoint, just because of the way that it's taught and educated. And there's not enough representation yep. from the right angles, like you're saying, from black professors, from black teachers, about the fact that black people were here alongside, we fought alongside white people to make this country what it is today. And you almost look at literature, mm -hmm. things like, you know, the difference between colored people and people of color. They're two very mm -hmm. different statements. I mean, two yes. very different things. And students can, can, can say colored people and not know what that truly means because of how it's taught. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Totally. Totally. We're, there's a huge gap. There's a huge gap um, in the American education. And it starts in kindergarten. You know, it starts mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And even, even in the way the most well-intentioned uh, white teachers will... Um, treat black students, and I'm saying black because I think that the black experience is very unique, and I'm not trying to um, ignore all of the other people groups, um, right. but but just because of the climate that we're in right now and talking about Black Lives Matter and all that, um, I'm using that particularity. But but the you know the white teacher, the white teachers that we love to love are the ones who are really good, at, especially in kindergarten, at creating children who are great for assimilating into white culture. Um, and so even black parents will seek out those teachers because they want their kids to succeed like any good parent wants to, right? And, and then what happens though is that those white teachers are still holding these in these unconscious this unconscious bias, that tells them that black children need more discipline, that for some reason black children don't uh, receive the same kind of help at home, whatever, right? There's this this whole construct of, of the inherent criminality of the black body, right? And so those kids are getting disciplined more harshly. And of course, black children tend to be, dis uh, when, when they receive interventions, they're usually justice-oriented, where white children are, um, their interventions tend to be medical or behavioral, um, so for the same behavior. So a black kid who's doing something will, will have the school cop called, and a white kid who's doing the same thing will have the guidance counselor called, right? right. Like, Absolutely. Those uh, are so two true. different things. But also what's happening is when the t when all the little white kids in the in the kindergarten class are seeing, you know, um, the young, the, the, the black kids getting called out and disciplined more harshly, they're creating without anybody ever telling them this, they're seeing something that says, oh, black kids must behave badly more often. Yep. Yeah. Right. And, and that nobody's sitting there telling them that it's, but it's just the narrative that they're picking up. And then as they move through school, they carry that narrative with them into adulthood and the, the inherent criminality construct of black bodies is perfectly embedded into white minds. Right. And so this is this kind of shit that we have to practice agency over and we have to start noticing it. Is, is there, so, um, I've got two kids that one is about to start kindergarten. Uh, the other one is starting the, 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 the uh, Oh man, first or second grade. I don't even know. I think it'd be second, second grade. Last year was so weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> second grade. Yeah. Um, so 
When yeah, did that so, happen? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but but is there, what, what can we do as parents to prepare our kids to be uh, anti-racist? And I say that with, with like knowing just a little backstory of where we live, mm-hmm. predominantly white people. Like yeah. overwhelmingly Confederate white flags. Confederate yeah. flags. We are not in the South, but for whatever reason, there are a lot of flags and a lot of Trump flags too. Mm. Um, it's amazing how those go together. Too. Yeah, I don't it's, know. it's, it's <laughs> weird. Yeah. Never yeah. see one without we, the other. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, it's yeah. almost yeah. like he's racist. Heritage um, now. Oh. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so any any advice? Yeah. Well, I mean. And this this first part, I'll give you two two responses. The first part is is tricky. It's hard um, because I'm going to say that uh, deep relationship with people uh, with the BIPOC community, um, specifically with Black people, I think is the number one thing that can, um, especially from a young age. But but that doesn't mean that you should all rush out and go find the you know your next <laughs> Black friend, right? Like that's not a thing. <laughs> So we have to like be careful about that, right? Is there a dating um, site for that friend site? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Myblackfriend.com. Um, <laughs> come on, yeah. You know. But that's probably like, up there. It, it, it probably is. is yeah, that's so true. And it's right now. Yeah. <laughs> also owned by FarmersOnly.com. Yeah. Oh <laughs> right. So, so, but, but I think that it's important, and I think that that trying to be intentional about about that and putting um, putting yourself in situations in which you are the only white person in the room where you feel uncomfortable, where you, yeah. you know, and, and they're by your children too, um, or though experiences like that, I think will be, um, are life changing. They've been life changing for me. But the other thing too, when you can't do that, cause you, that that's a long-term investment, right? Like that's something that you have to do as a practice and, and do it. It has to also be organic, which is what makes it paradoxical and tricky. Um, but the other thing that you can, I think you can do is you can teach your child to interrogate everything. Um, so, so when you start to see a narrative building in, in their minds, you can, you can invite them to question it and to interrogate it. And I can give you a perfect, a perfect example. Um, I have a, one of my very best friends who is here. All, um, she is a foster mom and it just so happens that most of the foster kids that she has had have been black. And so one day we were just kind of sitting around and we were talking and my son who was younger at the time, um, we, we happened, somehow we got onto the topic of orphanages and he, he was like, he made a comment. We were like, well, he was wondering about what an orphanage was like. And he said, all, all the kids are black. And I realized that hmm, there's a narrative that's getting mm-hmm. created in his mind that's not necessarily true, right? Um, and yet it's creating a stereotype. It's already that narrative is being built because the brain goes for the lowest hanging fruit and whatever's easy, you know? So so we had to have a kind of a conversation and be like, oh, well, do you think that's really true? What, what do you think makes that true or not? Or, you know, like, let's question that. Let's think critically about that. Let's not jump to the conclusion that just because you've met three kids who were in foster care who happen to be black, that all orphans are black, right? Like, let's, let's think through that a little bit. And so it, it's not necessarily easy and can, can get exhausting and your kids will roll your eyes, their eyes at you most likely, but I think it sticks. I do think it sticks. 
So I, I think it's a really good point of view, and I'm not thought of it that way, but it makes so much sense. So many of the people I've talked to who I've had conversations with over the past couple of weeks about this is, you hear them say, oh, well, these fatherless children or these orphans or these, these all these different things that they're seeing. And what <laughs> I'm realizing now is that it may not have been told to them specifically or told to them directly, but they're <laughs> seeing it. And that's right. part of what makes racism systemic. It's part of what creates this narrative in people's heads of, you know, all, all black people come from fatherless homes and come from all of this stuff, orphans, all this, these things. It comes from what they see. So that makes complete sense. That's really good. Yeah, it comes from what they see. And it, it's also from what they are shown. Okay, so and th those are two different things, right? Mm -hmm. So they're seeing, they see this because they are being shown this. They are being shown this by politicians with an agenda. They're being shown this by lazy storytellers in movies and in media. Oh they're, yeah, you know, like they're being they're being um, fed as a very particular narrative in order to serve particular agendas, right? And I think that's important to understand as well and to question, because if you look at some of the statistics, and I, I don't have them in front of me, but there are statistics that show that black fathers are some of the most involved mm -hmm, fathers mm -hmm. yeah, out there, absolutely. right? Like, so, so and, um, the, the whole idea of like the black welfare queen, black women are the most educated demographic in the United States. Thanks right? Ronald Reagan for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so, yeah, so he sucks I, too. No, <laughs> yeah, he does. Know, He's dead. Seriously. Oh, seriously. And so there's, it's, it's like, you got to question these narratives because there's an yeah. agenda behind them, yep. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So, we, we so last week we actually had a discussion about the importance of language, um, mm -hmm. and uh, you have a good portion of your book discussing language. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people, myself included, definitely myself included, try to exonerate ourselves uh, by saying that our intent is more important than our actual language. Mm. How important is the language we use? Is intent ever an exemption from the actuality of what we say? Mm. That's, that's really important. Um, it's interesting because one of the, one of the difficulties of, especially, uh, I don't want to say, I'm not trying to whine about it. I'm just saying, you know, I care about it is I want to listen to black voices as a, a white person mm -hmm. in anti-racist spaces. Um, and one of the most, we've always, we've heard forever that intent is never greater than um, impact, right? That the impact yeah. of, of what you do and say is more important than your intentions. And I'm recently hearing from members of the BIPOC community, you know, hey, listen, there's a spectrum, right? There, There is a spectrum that if there's somebody who's sitting here really trying to do the work and really trying to learn and they make a mistake, they use the wrong word, some, or they say the wrong thing, or they ask a really bad question that they could have Googled or whatever, that that we need to some in some cases we need to make um, space for grace, but then you just have people who are just it seems like they're willingly obtuse, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and so I do think it's really important to correct language because language is really powerful. It language not only defines us, um, it 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 holds power over us, and it's the way that we define ourselves, right? Um, we we speak out who and what we want to be into the world and people can use language to 
um, to control us, to, to define who we are. Um, and so I do think it's really important to pay attention to language. So I saw, I had a friend who, um, is a, a Facebook friend and he was trying to make a point. <sighs> Um, <laughs> you said you said much right there. <laughs> yeah. So he's trying to make a point and he's saying that, you know, um, the removal of, for example, the Aunt Jemima branding um, is performative mm -hmm. because what's more important if we really cared about black people would be the removal of I think it was um I don't know, all the, all the chemicals that are in the syrup, okay, um, that cause diabetes to which black people um, are more prone or something along those lines is Let's what his logic was. Both. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, right. But also, it's first of all, it's intentionally missing the fucking point. Yes, first yeah. of all. Okay. Secondly, it, you know, that kind of symbolism, the whole Aunt Jemima, and words are symbols, right? So this is this is all language, right? The, the symbol of um, Aunt Jemima and, and the, the face of Aunt Jemima on that packaging was a consistent message over and over and over again for generations that said that said black bodies are for white consumption. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so removing that brand is absolutely not a performative act. It is a meaningful act that says we are no longer as a society going to tolerate the consumption of black bodies by white people, right? What was performative was a bunch of a bunch of politicians who never gave a shit about any of this stuff before putting scarves around their necks and kneeling mm. in some oh, God. political mm. that's performative. <laughs> okay? Jesus, don't even get oh, me started on that. <laughs> Oh. Taking Aunt Jemima. My and God, her that away. picture of Pelosi and Schumer oh, made me gag. Oh, like, what are you doing? With the very pious looking down. Oh, so you know, gross. So, so yes. So, so those. There's a difference between performative and actually saying, "Okay, no, we've been wrong here, and we're now going to make it right." Okay, mm -hmm. and yes, we can also talk about high fructose corn syrup if you want, but. This still matters, you know, yeah. like, well, um, well they, they both lend to health because one, one is physical yes. and one is also like spiritual, emotional, which is really important. So, I mean, I, I've talked to people about this whole thing with these Confederate monuments and the Confederate flag and things like that. And it is so important because as a black person, I don't want to walk down the street and see a symbol of how people used to perceive me or what people think of me. I don't want it. Like, it's yeah, almost like, you exactly. know, flying a, a Nazi, you know, flag in, in Germany. It's the same thing. It's the exact exactly. same thing. So exactly. it's, it's important that as a country, just like you're saying, that we take a stand and say, you know what, uh, where, where people live and work and give back to the communities that they live in, let's make sure that they are welcome there. And that's what this is. It's so important. And, you know, with the Confederate statues and stuff, it's not even that they exist. It's it's that they're they're state backed. Right. Like they are in the public sphere. Well, so this placed. is a bit what. Yeah, they're placed there. So this is something that's saying as is, as a society and a culture, this is our value. Mm -hmm, right. Yeah. So and our value is going to be to to let black people know that they're never fully, completely human, even if somebody's even if the constitution now finally says that they are right but really we're not gonna we don't really think that our value is this 
right? That's what that's what putting a statue. If you want to take that same statue and put it in a museum mm-hmm. under yeah. like the exhibit of how not to be in the world, that's yeah. fine. You know, there preserve our history there. But but when you put it in the public sphere in the city square, mm-hmm. that's the city saying this is what we stand for, yep. and that has to be questionable. Yeah, yeah. Um, in so. Going off of the, the, the language conversation, I, I, I think um, one thing I've noticed myself is whenever I say, oh, I didn't mean it that way. I, I think it's important mm. for me to pause and say, what way did I mean it? Yeah, <laughs> right. What, yeah. what way exactly did I mean it? Um, and I think to be dismissive of someone else's experience is, is the danger there. And, and you talk a little bit in the book about language being a, a torture device. Uh, could you, yeah. could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I, I remember the day I made that connection and I was surprised. <laughs> I was like, Oh wow, this is some powerful stuff. So, so essentially what people have come to discover who study these kinds of things is that, um, People who have been tortured by usually by some state um, or agent of the state, the, the purpose of torture is to remove language. The, the purpose of torture is um, ultimately to reduce the through through the use of pain to reduce the subject to a prelingual state. Right. And, and once they are because once they are at a prelingual state, they are removed psychologically from from belonging from community. And so therefore you become their only community as their, as the, the person perpetuating this torture upon them. Or, um, so I don't know if I use the right word there, but we won't get ridiculous about it. Okay. (laughs) So, um, so now this person who is torturing you has basically is, has become your only community and can now insert their own words, their own language into you and in, in and through your mouth, right? And that's the purpose of of torture is to ultimately get to that point where where the person who is um, performing the torture can use your voice for their agenda, which is what happens when you see prisoners of war being paraded onto a screen and saying some kind of statement in support of who whatever organization has captured them, right? And so what happens in in the dialogue around race, is that and or let me continue with that. So so what people have found is that you would think that the first thing that people torture victims want is revenge, that they want to somehow do to um, their abuser what was done to them. But what what researchers have discovered is that that's not actually what what heals them. Um, what actually heals them is getting their voice back. It's it's the ability to tell their story mm-hmm. and to be heard um, and to 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 hear, to be heard and to have other people, especially their abuser, hear their pain and to acknowledge it. And that's what gives them their, their power back. That's what empowers them again and reinstates them to community. Um, And so when it comes to the race conversation, one of the things that we have done as a, as a, the, uh, the construct of whiteness has done is to remove the voice of especially black people and especially um, Native American people to, to remove their voice anytime they try to talk about it. And anytime they try to express their pain, 
to us, whether they're doing it politely by kneeling on a football field or whether they're doing it, you know, a little bit less politely by marching down a street and, you know, uh, I'm going to say even rioting when by doing that, they are expressing pain and we are like, oh, squirrel, we're not going to talk about mm -hmm. that. We're going to talk about all these other things like the flag, like private property, like our, what about our soldiers and, oh, our poor national anthem got its feelings hurt because you kneeled and like all <laughs> of these other the things. What about the target they burned down? Ugh. What about the yeah, target? Think of the target. I'm so worried about target. Where were all the <laughs> like, where were all the Karens go shopping? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because target exactly. target definitely didn't make money on the insurance on that deal, right? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and so you know we will so persistently and purposefully miss the point in order to avoid having this conversation, which in turn is a form of torture um, over black people because we are refusing to let them have their voice. We're refusing to give them their voice back after literally, quite literally torturing them for generations. Do you feel like that whole perception and uh, kind of way of looking at it is even more prevalent in the, the evangelical Christian community? Because I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying and I, I feel it so much stronger even from from the kind of the, the Christian community. Oh, yes. <laughs> you're, you're in a safe space here, so go nuts. Please, go for it. <laughs> we all grew if up I evangelical even... and have jettisoned oh. it completely, yes. so don't okay. worry. Awesome. Because if I hear, you know, unity one more time, oh my gosh. Like, oh. I, I'm, I just want to scream. Like, it just, it is... It, it's unity, which really, quite frankly, just results in don't make the pastor look bad. That, oh, that's exactly. essentially oh, what, yeah. it, yep, that's exactly what right? it is. Um, but if we are really going to be radical followers of Jesus, then we are not here to keep the peace. That is not what we are. We are not here to be nice. If we are that. really going to follow this this guy that we say we care about and worship even, then we're going to have to be willing to piss a, a shit ton of people off, including pastors of mega churches and board members and tithers and all of those people. Because, mm. the, you know, this idea of Christian unity has just basically come to mean just fit in and assimilate and do what you're told. Yep, yep, yep. Conform. And, yeah, conform to exactly what Which is a traditionally powers. white narrative. Yes, right. it is. Absolutely. That's it white is. male narrative, mind you. Yeah. And and it's it's important to recognize that because black women are some of the the most um powerful and um transform transformative movers and shakers that I've ever met. Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And and yet they you know, white the white male patriarchy, the white well, the white male pastor um, will love to put their face on their brochures to <laughs> check the diversity box. But if that woman dares to point out something that a microaggression that was done to her, whether it was either racialized or gendered or both, um, Forget it. You know, she's well, going to be the, cast. You get, the, you get the angry black woman. Angry black woman. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And, um, and so, so yeah, it's, and, and mind you, most likely that angry black woman, quote, angry black woman has spent 
hours upon hours and months and years trying to do everything exactly right and collect her data mm -hmm. and be really nice and manage her feelings. And it still wasn't enough. And then she finally popped off and, you know, <laughs> now she's the angry black woman, you know? So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's something that frustrates me to no end. Um, and as a woman in those spaces, it's even more frustrating because other women who have been indoctrinated into the Christian patriarchy, white Christian patriarchy, will also look at us and tell us we need to stop it, um, which is really frustrating. So you wrote a book about race. <laughs> and, and in your wait, 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 and, what? And you're on social media. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How's Sometimes. that going? How, how, yeah. how do you handle conversations on social media with white men uh, who don't agree with you? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I do it with, um, I, so a few things. I, actually, I'll tell a story. This was really interesting. I got on my Jersey Girl Jesus Facebook page. You can go check this out. Um, I won't name names, even though he did it very publicly. So that's on him. But, uh, this guy came and he wrote this scathing review, um, of, of the book. Was his uh, name Chad? Had to be Chad. <laughs> no, Kyle. No. <laughs> Ryan. No, no. Fucking you can, you can Dan. go check it out. <laughs> but he, he basically, my favorite line, I think I changed my Facebook page description to it was, let me think it was, uh, white woman, liber, never Trumper. <laughs> and then he ended it with, I hope you managed to not off yourself when Trump wins in, in the, uh, in November. Jeez. And oh my God. Sounds like I was a real like, peach. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I want to so party like, with that guy. Yeah. Right. God. So, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. He started off his whole commentary and he said that he bought the he bought the book because his daughter when um, told him he was a racist and he didn't think he was. And so he wanted to find out if he was. So he went out to buy a book to find out if he was and then read my book and thought he just he hated it because I told him he was. And so <laughs> there it he, is. he was like really hated it. Right. But so my first response was just like, wow, what a fun filled loving message. You know, thanks. You know, I said, God bless. Have a great night. But then I thought about it and he said it was something like the worst $12 he ever spent. And I said, hey, you know what? I, I think uh, I'd love to, if you want to DM me your met, your address, I'll send you a personal check for $12 so that you can go buy another book. And I recommended some books by black men um, <laughs> yes. I thought he might like, you know. And um, But what was really weird is that that started this conversation and he actually was not so bad. And in the conversation, he was really just trying to say, well, I was just wanted to share my, my opinion. And somebody else, one of my friends came on and was said something that his, his text was email or, or hate mail rather. And, um, and he goes, well, I didn't mean it to be hate mail. And he goes, maybe your book doesn't <laughs> recommend, re represent who you are as a person. And so I'd like to think that my post didn't re represent who I was. Wow. And I was like, wow, you know, maybe there's something here that even I could learn from. Cause he must've just caught me on a good night. Cause there are definitely nights where you know, <laughs> not, would not have gone that way. Yeah. And I, I learned from that. So to, to answer your question more directly after that story is I, I pick and choose my battles um, wisely. Um, I refuse to tolerate um, 
verbal violence on my page because of so many of mm -hmm. my BIPOC friends are there. So I will shut that shit down really fast. But if it's somebody who's just engaging, who's, who's, you know, even who's just kind of, um, demonstrating their ignorance, I will engage and I try really hard to not, um, be personal to stick to facts and not get, not go down the rabbit trails that they try to throw my way, but stick mm -hmm. to the facts, right? Let's not talk about what Colin Kaepernick does in his spare time to actually help youth. Let's talk about police brutality because that's the fact that we're talking about. You know, I try to do that. And I do that because uh, not so much that I think that I'm going to change their minds, but I do it for the people who are watching. And those mm -hmm. people are two different people. They are the BIPOC community who need to see al white allies doing this work finally. And they are other white people who don't yet have the language, but desperately want it for when they have to deal with their own racist Uncle Joes, you know, who are coming to Thanksgiving and being idiots and they don't know what to say to them. So that's kind of how I... I try to engage on social media, but it's fun. And then I get, you know, the death threats are really fun. I especially, my favorite one was the the person who sought out my email address. They had to like go through all this work to go to my website, find my email address and send me an email. And the most original thing that they could say was go back to Africa. And I'm like, dude, I'm white. Like, <laughs> my ancestors Good are from God. Ireland. <laughs> so yeah, fun times. Uh, so you're like a better person than me because like we had a, I had a, I fought with one of our friends a couple mm. weeks ago on the podcast uh, because he was making the argument that you're making. And I was saying, no, I think we just tell them to go fuck themselves and <laughs> basically like just let, basically just let society. <laughs> Brad Polly, the great negotiator. No, I mean, basically like I honestly God, I mean, this is just where I'm at as a person. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but this is just, this is just where I'm at. It's definitely right wrong. Now. Well, fuck you. <laughs> like you can go fuck yours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, just this where I'm at right now is like, uh, is just like fuck them all. Let them let them rot in their hatred. Like the demographics don't lie. They're gonna lose. Mm -hmm. It it's gonna take a while. They're gonna lose, mm -hmm. and just let society move on without them. Like that's, that's just kind of where I'm at at this point is that society's going to move on. So what I will do is I will stand with, uh, people of color, other minority groups, the LGBTQ community. I will like stand with them and I will go to protests. I will do all that. I'll do all this stuff. I will be the best ally I can be. But at the end of the day, when it comes to like arguing with people, I'm just kind of done with it mm, yeah. because I just feel like the the society is going to move on. And as soon as we can get the baby boomer generation to die. Um, <laughs> but that includes my parents, but I love them. Um, you know, but it's, it's going to move on. And so just let them, let them go. Like let society just move on without them is kind of where I'm at. I mean, I don't you can speak to that you can tell me I'm an idiot if you want I mean no I don't think you're an idiot because I, I definitely I've had days like that where I'm just like oh fuck this I can't this is ridiculous yeah. like I'm I'm moving on but and 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 I will say that there are some people that I do I'm just like no I'm not I'm not engaging you unfriended blocked gone right like I'm just not doing it it really it is for me it depends on how thoughtful and how um how engaged people are actually being and also how actively they are posting the kind of stuff they're 
posting and who their audience is, right? Who they're, who's, who they're talking to. Right. And, and the reason that I will choose to engage probably 80% of them is because they are raising kids and grandbabies, right? Like they are, right. they are, they still have influence. And just because I'm in my nice little progressive bubble in my nice little, very diverse town, which for the most part is uh, not a Trump, not Trump land for the most part. Um, that doesn't mean that the rest of the world isn't out there learning to fall in love with Confederate flags. And right. so I feel like I need, but, but see, this is also my gig, right? Like yeah. this is my words are my thing. Sure. Right. And I think that everybody has a different place in this, in, in this work. Um, and some people are much more pastoral than, than I am. I'm one of the, one of the, one of the greatest gifts that one of my seminary teachers finally gave me, everybody was trying to tell me I need to be a pastor. And I was like, hell no, I do not need to be a pastor. I would do harm as a pastor. And he finally was like, no, you, you're a prophet. You're not a pastor. You're a prophet. And that was really meaningful for me. And, and you know, it doesn't mean that I don't minister to people. I just do it in a different way. And it may be a little more confrontational. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, you, you, you were you were correct. <laughs> He's right. correct. You are an asshole. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a very nice way of That's you telling me. That's a prophetic way of saying That was a very nice way of dickhead. you telling me that I'm a shithead. Um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess it just depends on are they arguing in good faith. And I just, God, man, I just... It's so rare to encounter anybody that's willing to discuss any of this in good faith. Like in genuine, like searching because it almost seems like any yeah. argument that they're coming to the table with is just to like corner you to piss you off to tell you you're wrong and mm -hmm. it's just like i just i just personally don't have the mental emotional capacity right now to even begin to deal with it so one thing i want to well, challenge you i'm sorry no go ahead go ahead there's one thing i want to challenge you with that though is this don't misunderestimate your ability to communicate with someone the way they need to hear it so just because they're engaging with you, they may have talked to six other people about the exact same thing. They're talking to you, they're engaging with you for a reason. So maybe you have the right communication style to meet them where they need to hear it. They may not get it right away, they may not. But later on down the road, they'll remember the conversation with you. And they remember what yeah. you said and not what the six people before you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that's also and valid. God damn it. I know, doesn't that suck? I hate when that happens. But I know so frustrating but he, and and to that point too i do think that these this kind of the journey to racial awakening for white people is a layering process right and unfortunately many of us who are doing this work will never see the fruit of our labor because somebody will have their aha their aha moment you know a year from now after they've unfriended me you know mm -hmm. and uh and they they never want to hear my name again but but they'll have their aha moment and they'll they'll start to change so um, but also, I also want to recognize something that I heard in you, and this is really important, is, you know, your own level of exhaustion. And I do a lot of work with churches and church leaders and um, white church leaders. And one of the things that I hear, and, and I do work with organizations that are being intentionally diverse um, without trying to make force assimilation of into whiteness, right? And that's that's hard, intentional work. And what I hear when we have moments, because we, we will very often try intentionally to create BIPOC-only spaces just to give um, people a break from whiteness. And so then that, that what 
that also does is give white people an opportunity to get together and just kind of have conversations. And one of the things that I've heard from white people who are really trying to do this work of allyship is how tired they are, but they're never going to say that in a, in a diverse room because they, because white people who are uh, doing this work recognize that we don't really get to be tired compared to yeah, black yeah, people. Right, right. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Yeah, I've had that and, thought for sure. Yeah. And yet, but the thing is, is that it is exhausting work. And I think that's, again, it's one of those paradoxes that it's okay for us to go, for us today um, to say, I'm tired. I'm going to practice some self-care. I'm not going to engage this one so that I can have the energy for the long haul rather than just being the performative social justice warrior who's going to post some memes for the next few months while it's fashionable. And then when the next thing happens, you know, and some forest in Europe is on fire or a cathedral burns down, they'll be posting about that and they'll forget all about Black Lives mm. Matter, right? Mm-hmm. We're here for the long haul, which means we have to practice self-care. And so if that means sometimes we do take a day off from social media or, you know, do whatever we, we're going to do to take care of ourselves, that's okay. Um, so that you can come back again and engage in those conversations because they are exhausting. Yeah. All right. I want to re- be respectful of your time. I do have one question I wanted to do. Uh, um, and then h- how are you on time? Do you need to go? No, I'm good. I'm All good. right. Um, and we, we, if we have time, we'll do a brief, uh, uh, a lightning round of just stupid questions. Oh God. Um, okay. <laughs> but, but, but first, first the, um, so kind of towards the end of the book, you talk about shiny, happy Jesus, um, yeah. that, that people find in, in, in churches. Uh, you had yeah. a hard time accepting that Jesus. You say, uh, you, you wanted the dirty blood and guts Jesus who hung out with beggars and prostitutes, uh, where th- things are known to get dicey. You say you want Jesus, uh, that's anti-racist and a peacemaker and uh, as well as an LGBTQIA affirming feminist radical. Um, and, and that's a Jesus that I can get behind. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's also the Jesus that I felt, uh, led me out of the church. Um, do you have any hope for the church? Hmm. Um, I do because of Jesus. (laughs) Um, and I, I have hope for the church because I, I'm thinking of my friend Shalene, who um, is creating a, a website called Desert Voices, and it's based on John the Baptist, right? And John the Baptist was this crazy dude who like ate bugs and honey and lived in the desert. And I've had the opportunity to go um, to the desert, the place where the, it's believed in, in Jordan, where he, he hung out. And... Um, you know, the the church, I, here's what I don't have hope for. I don't have hope for the institution of church, mm. right? What I, what I, I think the institution of church needs to burn down. What I have hope for is the, the idea of the community of church, of what church was supposed to be, um, that it was supposed to be this body of believers who were coming together um, and who were remembering their rabbi who um, who taught them these amazing uh, radical truths about what it means to love each other and what it means to love God. And how does that look in an embodied form, right? Because um, I think ultimately that's what Jesus was here to do. He, Jesus was here to show us what to do with our bodies, Um and as we go about this work of loving God and loving people. 
Um, so that's where I have hope for the the church is that we'll get back to that. Um, we'll get back to uh, eating together and feeding hungry bellies and not leaving anybody out and um, and and loving each other and loving the world. That's what I can hope for. Amen. Yep. All right. Now let's wreck it by doing some some goofy questions. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Okay. Uh, what is your beverage of choice? Uh, Merlot. Merlot. Any specific, Usually. like, vineyard or anything like that? So, so I think it was a 2007 Horse Heaven Hills Merlot. That shit was so good, man. I I just kept going and buy, finding buying bottles of it and then I couldn't find any more. Who the hell names vineyards? Horse Heaven Hills? <laughs> Horse Heaven Hills. It's I like know. they just it took one like of those like that those box of refrigerator magnets and just threw them and whatever Heaven stuck. Hills. Oh, Horse Heaven it Hills. It sounds like a horse cemetery to me. Yeah, like yeah it kind of does. Like I, yeah, I know. It's very weird. But yeah, it was so good. It was just buttery and smooth. Um, what is, uh, what's the last album you listened to start to finish? Indigo Girls, Long Look. Ooh. Um, what is the favorite movie you've seen in the last year? Oh, I'm going to totally show my age, you guys. That's so not fair. But I like I watched Moonstruck again for the first time in a very long oh, time. Wow. That's my all-time favorite movies. Do you love them, Loretta? Oh, God, I love them. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, how do you like your coffee? Uh, no sugar with a little bit of milk. All right. Um, what's the best sitcom theme song? Oh, greatest American hero. I'm again showing how old I am. Greatest American hero. <laughs> what is that? I have it. Now you have to sing it. No. <laughs> You're going to have to Google that. We'll, we'll, oh we'll play it. Um, okay. Uh, do you believe in the multiverse? Yes. Oh yeah. Totally. Is there one? Is there one where there's not racism? Can we go to that yeah, one? Yeah, that's a good multiverse. <laughs> that would be good. There's one where I actually want to engage people in arguments. <laughs> there's one where you're not a dickhead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and because it was it was just the Fourth of July. What goes on a hot dog? Mustard, please. Is that it? Just mustard. Yes. Just mustard. Purist. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> hey, notice she said no ketchup, guys. Ketchup is disgusting. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you. Ketchup doesn't belong I'm in a hot dog. I'm not doing this shit with you. No, guys. it doesn't belong in a hot dog unless you're right. mustard ketchup. Five years old. Ketchup mustard ketchup and cut up spicy pickles. I'm telling you right oh, now. You're gross. Idiot. You're oh. <laughs> I'm a goddamn hot dog talk gourmet. About, talk about white people. I am a hot dog gourmet. <laughs> hey, I put mayo on my hot dogs. Oh, oh god. <laughs> So I, uh, I I win the uh, the cliche. You're a guy. goddamn savage, is what you are. Are there some people who like mix ketchup and mayonnaise together? Isn't that a thing? Oh yeah, like, I'll yeah. do sort that of a too. Weird fucking dip yeah. or something. Oh, uh, that's yeah. some real Mayo white. Ketchup? That's some real white people shit right there, buddy. Gross. Yeah. Like raisins in your potato salad. Who does that? Oh, I've never oh, had that. Disgusting too. That I've never communist. had that either. Communists that's, do that. That's apparently a white person thing that I've never done. Boy, that's pretty God. gross. Yeah. Uh, my. This is a true story. Oh, no. My aunt makes uh, mayonnaise cake. Ew. What? It's it's oh. chocolate cake, oh. but instead of eggs, she uses mayonnaise. Why? Just what? fucking use eggs. They're not expensive. It's, they have protein. What the I hell? I swear it's a, a real thing. A cake takes what? Three eggs? Oh. Four eggs, maybe? God. 
it tastes That's, like it tastes like chocolate mayonnaise. Oh, 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 oh God! God. Oh. Well, don't go to Michael's house for family dinners. Yeah, really. Throw up all over this table. My dad, my dad grew up in the Bronx, like this, the Irish side of the Bronx. Here's a great story. He got a job when he was like 12. So there was the Irish street and the Italian street. And he got a job when he was like 12 years old, starting cars over on the Italian street. So you know what that means, right? Like they were mob cars. Yeah. So he, he would get blown up instead of the mobsters. And so his, he goes home shit. and he tells wait, his mom. No, wait, 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 wait. You just what? kind of casually, <laughs> you just kind of casually threw out Back the fact that you're, that, you're, it's lucky that your dad lived. Yeah. <laughs> this is how he tells the story. So he goes home to his Irish mom and she's like, he's like, hey, ma, I got this job starting cars over on, on the Italian street. She's like, you won't be starting cars for those people any longer. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. God, amazing. that was so great. That was so good. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, the point is, is that he used to eat mayonnaise sandwiches. Oh, oh. I mean, oh. I guess. Yeah. Well, he and Michael would have been best friends. I've never had yeah. a mayonnaise sandwich. You put mayonnaise oh, but you on put all mayonnaise kinds of cake. shit. We want to have a mayonnaise sandwich. Come I, on. I didn't do it. I just said I partaked in a slice of so mayonnaise cake. So you consented. Cake. That, that is consent. You consented okay. to it. <laughs> and it. That's disgusting. I must say it was it was pretty tasty. Ugh. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. So uh, we're going to give away a, a copy of your book on Twitter. We're going to uh, do that. People will have to um, uh, basically follow us so we can DM them yeah. uh, and, and retweet the message. Yep. Um, and then uh, where else can people go to find out uh, more information about what you're doing, your Facebook, all that stuff? Yeah. The best place to find me is on my website, which is just com. Brilliant. That's we'll put a, it in the show, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah, we'll have it in the yeah. show notes. I think I have got your Twitter and your Facebook on there as well. Too, oh, yeah. So. And, and Instagram is Connolly. Sweet. That's, that's a good place, too. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Sorry we took so much of your time. We really oh appreciate it. This was fun. It was a fun. No, this, this was, was really so fun. fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. Have a great night. Thanks, All right, you, you too. too. Thanks. Take care. Bye. It literally started the podcast so you guys would just quit fighting. That's fine. I did give him a pen, though. And a piece of paper. With words on it. You can't write around the words. I'm not doing this shit with you, man. I'm not doing this. You already did it. No. If you don't stop, I'm going to play more Bob Marley, all right? That's your punishment. Wait till next time on the podcast. Oh, yeah. That's why I had you muted earlier, is because you could play Bob Marley. Thank you. See? Yeah. You get it. Whatever. Hashtag. Feedback. Oh, yeah. Feedback. No, no five stars. God damn it. We'll be after this episode. Will you You're give welcome. us a five-star mm-hmm. review? Uh, damn Sweet. We got one for next week. Nice. Maybe. Hey, don't, we, use cuss we, we don't use cuss words. Yeah, they, don't they use cuss words. They're, they're responsible for what he does. Because Apple's apparently children. So, um, Brad, what do you got? <laughs> Besides flatulence. <laughs> Give me a play some songs. Uh, will you, un- you unmute me, please? I'm just trying to get to the You're end. You're unmuted. Here. Am I? Yes. There we go. Uh, where does it start? God. Michael. It is 9:45. You're really gonna play- Michael. <laughs> You're really gonna play R. Kelly. Michael the leg humper. Jesus again. Christ. David Sluss at Dave the Explorer. Hey. Fell Dave. way behind listening to Pastor's podcast during I love the, the shutdown. Damn it, Dave. The late hashtag entry of hashtag shooting buckshot was apropos <laughs> considering the reference. <laughs> hashtag squeeze it out like toothpaste. <laughs> hashtag That's what you should have done before pass. you went to the hospital. Squeeze it out like toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stop edging, Michael. Again, I was 14. Like, I don't have those skills yet, so. 
You had edging skills? Like... <laughs> We've done this. Move on. Michael, I'm 40. I still Move. don't have edging skills. You don't have edging uh, skills? I need some. Okay. Uh, Larry Overstreet at Larry Overstreet ha- uh, at Pastors Podcast. Hashtag, this is the baby you're being handed. Uh, <laughs> David Sluss at Dave the Explorer. Halfway through Pastors Podcast episode 206. Wondering how that hot content didn't melt that frozen diary. <laughs> What? I hashtag Dave oh. needs to Google some things. Hashtag don't know the hashtag yet. Wow. Susan Frazier at Pastors uh, at Frazier underscore RN. Number Frazier. <clears throat> number 216 was a kick in the teeth. Those Koan episodes are my favorite. Thank huh. you guys. Hashtag nice. not using that hashtag. What was I the hashtag it. last week? <laughs> it was probably terrible. So uh, give me like half a second here. All right, I oh, the cover was in shreds. No, no, worse. Oh, mom getting all lathered up. Mom getting all lathered up. Oh, my God. That's terrible. That's the worst. Fish to the future 3000 at Fish Basket Gordo. Hey. I hear what Brad and Michael are getting at, but I agree with Matt about the whole my wife language. Well, you're wrong. Uh, yeah, you're language wrong. is a shorthand. Thanks, buddy. So it's going to be flawed and limited. Not that you shouldn't try and progress. Hashtag mom getting all leathered up. God damn it. Hashtag that cover was in shreds. Ugh. Kristen Lancaster at Lady Crashdown. Florida man gets COVID-19 and dies. 11K <laughs> new cases today. Hashtag into the news feed. Yeah. Boy. Uh, Ron DeSantis. Great person. <sighs> Send your kids to school. I'm not mandatory. I'm not making masks mandatory. Why would I? David Slusset, Dave the Explorer. Just finished episode 206, so it's up to me to circulate the pastor's podcast hashtags now. Yes, I Dave. don't recall signing up for that. Yeah, you did. Dave. Half the time, I don't even know why you're laughing. Dave, Hashtag you literally Dave signed up. Dave needs to Google some things. We need to have a meetup where Dave's there again, because Dave's I fun. I miss Dave. Dave's fun. He's an awesome guy. Yes. I'm just going to skip some stuff. Okay. Uh, that's it. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> you just cock the gun and it's blue that. balls, Michael. There we go. All there right. Hashtags. Uh, Play the right. song. Well, we paid close attention and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our hashtag. Hashtag buttery and smooth. Same. Hashtag do you love him, Loretta? What? What, what was that from? I, I think it was know. from the uh, interview. Oh. Hashtag powered by ass. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag just spit on it. <laughs> there it is. I like that one. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> followed by hashtag slick it up. <laughs> yep, that was mine. You're welcome. Hashtag turds are incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag meatloaf 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag miseducation is my jam. Hashtag macaque version of Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> Each other's a Roadhouse reference. Hashtag space chili. <laughs> Hashtag, you don't know how to edge when you're 14. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Hashtag chartreuse balls. <laughs> Hashtag British Kroger. <laughs> and then I'm so glad you caught that. Hashtag the Astro Glide of Podcasts. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> hashtag where will all the Karens go shopping. <laughs> hashtag sounds like a horse cemetery. <laughs> what was that from? That was from, from the interview. The, interview. <laughs> the wine that she liked, Horse <laughs> Heaven yeah, Hill or something. Right. Uh, hashtag hot dog gourmet. Uh, hashtag powered by ass. <laughs> hashtag at just force it in. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag powered by Ashley. Just <laughs> <laughs> a shout out to your niece. Oh, she's I'm, so sweet. That's yeah, a terrible yeah, hashtag. That's terrible. <laughs> um, hashtag meatloaf 2020. <laughs> I really like that. I'm going to be sad if we don't so use that. But there's so many other that's good the ones. One. That's the one. Hashtag flaccid tent. <laughs> hashtag is he still Christian or did he get smarter? <laughs> Hashtag first I strangle it, then I swallow it. <laughs> what was that from? Oh, it was something he said. <laughs> I don't remember what I was talking about. Uh, hashtag oh oatmeal cream pie. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag Banksy of macaques. <laughs> hashtag mix it with space chili. <laughs> hashtag drinking my way to triage. <laughs> And then hashtag eye contact FM. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Jerking my way to triage. <laughs> All right. It has to be it. I, oh. right. I've got hashtag powered by ass. Uh, hashtag shaft into a bearing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you caught that. I don't know what the word is here because I obviously couldn't spell it. But a shin, a, a, a shin word salad, a shin word salad. I couldn't spell it. A shin word salad. It literally a, says it's a shit accent ent word salad. That's how. Please I, don't homeschool your kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't. Geez, this no is kidding. what happens when you homeschool. I've got a late entry. They will Please not don't homeschool job. your kids. Uh, hashtag macaque with snacks. Uh, macaque Patrick Swayze. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Uh, research payload. And I really need. Uh, that was a, my honeymoon. <laughs> I really need a cover song for this of Space Meth. <laughs> oh my god I It's gotta be the one you had I contact uh, FM I got two more oh, Calm down. I contact FM <laughs> I actually have three more uh, Mayonnaise cake and chocolate Ugh. mayonnaise. Ugh. No, no. Uh, I'm either I'm on board with either jerking my way to triage yeah, it's gotta gotta be or, or just spit it's on it. Jerking my way to yeah, triage. That's just spit that's on it. it. No, jerking my way to triage. That, yeah, that's a very pastor hashtag. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's a winner. That's that's, that's it. automatic. <laughs> So if you've listened to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media with the hashtag, hashtag jerking my way to triage. <laughs> I just keep picturing you walking up to your dad with a massive erection. I'm like, so sorry, dad. We are on Twitter. <laughs> I at think I need to Podcast, go to the hospital. At Polly exactly and Matt. At MJ Basinger. God, Michael, Carrie, I'm so Twitter? sorry. You want to share your Twitter account? Uh, I don't use it that much, honestly. All right. I really don't. I'll put it in the show notes. You can find me in the pub. Find him in the pub. 
Uh, if you'd like to support this shit show, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, dollar will get you nuts. Get you in the pub. Um, yeah. You can uh, get access to our spinoff podcast, Pastors Community Church, Hymns of Reconstruction, Turd Talk, Special Music, Pub Crawl, more. Hey, we need to record some Mertens yeah. sometime here. <laughs> it's been like a month and a half. We were gonna, yeah. yeah, we need to do that. Um, yeah. Or you can leave us a voicemail. 484 Pastor. Yeah. Do you have any any questions for us? Yeah. So. Mikey, thanks for coming, buddy. It was awesome. I Joel, for next time. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. You, you've you got a good one, and I'm talking to either of you, I guess. <laughs> hey, Michael, this one's just for you. Uh-oh. What? Thank uh. you for being. Well, yeah, I love that song. That's an amazing show. Travel down the road and back again. That's Your great. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And if you threw a party, anybody, everyone you knew, you would see the biggest gift would be from me, and the card attached would say, Thank you for being a friend. Thanks. That was fun. Yes, that was awesome. (laughs)